You're listening to ABQ Central. Well, to be fair. 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 With your host, Van Nunley and Fred Slow. <laughs> this is going to be so good. 95.9 FM, 610, the sports animal. The cream of the crop. And talkabq.com. Turn it up. Albuquerque. I, of course, am Fred Slow. Alongside me, my now official broadcast partner. Took two years, man. We're official now. Oh, how does it become official all of a sudden? I don't know, but we figured it out. My official broadcast partner, Van Nunley. Good morning, Van. How are you? Oh, peachy. I'm a little chilly. Yeah, you got the chillers? But I'm doing good. Back in the studio in beautiful and historic Albuquerque, New Mexico, with over 600 years of undocumented and documented history, Mike Vitale. Good morning, Michael. How are you? Pretty good. How are you guys? Feeling good, my friend. Very excited about what we are doing today because we are in Gallup, New Mexico, Van. We are live from Fox Trail Golf Course, which if you haven't been, uh, we went around the course this morning, did a little onesie in the golf cartsy, and um, find a word that's better than pristine, Van. Use a word that's better than pristine. I love me some Gallup. Yeah. The city and the speed. Mm-hmm. And- and the, the golf course here is absolutely wonderful. Yeah, this is just an incredible setup. We're here with Big Brothers Big Sisters, and we're doing our absolute best to hang out with them all day long. We have some guests on, including Sarah Regala, who's the director of Big Brothers Big Sisters Mountain Region. And we're going to talk about the fundraiser today, but it's a two-day golf scramble boy and you and i did a lot to help with the silent auction i always say if, if you're gonna have a scramble if you're gonna have a golf scramble number one you gotta have good golf gotta have good golf check and then number two you have to have the best auction wall check uh, and we were so fortunate so uh just real quick before we get out there the rio rancho convention center helped us they donated to us some foreigner tickets so those are being auctioned off here foreigner coming i believe it's august 1st is that correct man uh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, and then uh, also the Gladiators now, the arena football team, is playing out at the Rio Rancho Convention Center. So Excited so, for that. Yeah, so they gave us some Gladiators tickets, so thank you to them. Obviously, we had spoke to the Gladiators, and we had um, their blessing on that, so that was Sweet. nice. Friend of the show, Andres Trujillo and the New Mexico Runners made a donation, so he gave us some uh, tickets to some Runners Act when it returns in the winter. That we're very excited yeah. about. They're shooting for a December start, so good. Very few sports as fun as indoor soccer. I agree. And as the voice of the New Mexico Runners, I'm proud to be a part of that. Uh, Cumulus itself helped us out. So Cumulus itself made a donation. So our our parent, our, the big brother here. Uh-huh. Yeah, so uh, yeah, they helped us out with some isotopes tickets. So we're going to have a lot of isotopes tickets to give away to our scramblers here. Uh, Astro Zombies comic book shop there in Albuquerque, New Mexico made a big donation. Describe what this thing was. Uh, it's called a Funko Pop. Oh, I don't know what that is. And it's one of the uh, biggest Funko Pops I've ever seen. It's like a foot-tall Godzilla. Okay. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. So, yeah, but this thing's gigantic, and some kid's going to love it, and that's why we're out here for Big Brothers Big Sisters, because we're helping the littles in the community. Uh, so we're having a lot of fun with it. Who did I miss? Did I miss anyone there? We had a whole bunch of them. Our friends at Top Golf. Oh, Top Golf made a donation, too. Yeah, a yeah. wonderful little gift package. Yeah, they did a $100 gift card and a hat swag. and a yeah. tumbler set and all kinds of cool stuff. So we're out here at Big Brothers Big Sisters all day in Gallup, New Mexico. If you're listening to us via the live stream, 
Come on and say hi if uh, you're part of the scramble. I know we're tuned in. We got the banner set up. We'll take some pictures. Everything's at Talk ABQ. Um, but how fortunate we are to be able to be a part of this cool event today. And uh, I think we're going to hit the links a little bit later. Yeah. I, they didn't tell us when our tea time was. They're a little busy running around. Yeah. Helping everyone else. So we're kind of out on our own here. I, going, going rogue yeah. again. Look at us. Some of these golfers have teed off, though. Yeah, it started. Yeah. First tee time was 7.30. Correct. And, and you, could, you could hear them tee off from here. You can hear the crack. Yeah. And now, because the CDC says I don't have to wear my mask all the time because I believe in science and not just, like, like social grandstanding. Sure. Um, I don't wear my mask all the time anymore because I'm fully vaxxed. Fully vaxxed and we're outside. Yes. Yeah. And someone teed off on me earlier. Oh. No, they didn't. They didn't do that because no one here in Gallup looks this is adding in the most inviting little environment I've ever been in. The the backdrop behind us, by the way, if the broadcast quality changes, gale force winds expected today because we are outside. Yeah, it's going to hit noon, and the winds are coming in. Mm-hmm. A nice little breeze now, nice little chilly breeze, but uh, later today it's going to kick up. If you're not familiar with the Big Brothers Big Sisters program, just uh, we're going to go over that at length at 9 a.m. with Sarah Regala. Uh, she will join us, and, and we're going to have a lot of fun kind of explaining the dynamic of the non-for-profit and how they help the individuals in the community, and not just the littles. But I mean, it, it oh, excuse me, it, benef- it benefits like the adults that are able to help and the bigs, and I don't know, it's just as top tier as top tier comes. So we're very excited to be out here today. Otherwise, uh, pretty basic show. We're gonna do. We're gonna do the sports. We're gonna do the updates. Uh, obviously, we'll get way too political for most. I'm just kidding. Nah, no, we won't. Not today. Uh, you pointed out an interesting fact to me yesterday, Van, as we were on our drive up to Gallup. Um, no, no hitters in baseball yesterday. Yeah, for the first time in the history <laughs> of 2021, there wasn't a no hitter yesterday. <laughs> So we're becoming spoiled, right? We're becoming indoctrinated to be in a no-hitter every day. What are the Mariners doing? And we don't get one. Well, they're not hitting baseballs no, is what they're they doing. And it's like, uh, it's like, hey, you got a, you got a home game here? At, what is, is it PNC Park? I don't know where they play. Safeco? What is it? I don't know the name of it. I believe it's Safeco. Safeco. So they're like, uh, hey, fan, come out to Safeco. See a no-hitter. Uh-huh. That's, that's the approach to the upper northwest. Um, but there are so many. What are we up to, a dozen? <laughs> yeah, 13 now. We're up to 13 no-hitters. This is the second day there's been no hitter, two no-hitters. All right, here we go. Six no-hitters by May 19th, two away from tying the full season record, set in, take a year. Take a guess of the year. I have it in front of me, but you take I, a guess. I, I know this. Okay. It's 1897. It's 1884. 84. Yeah, 100 years before I, just, I was born. I just uh, grabbed an old-timey year. I had no idea whatsoever. So Corey Kluber threw a no-no. Um... Like he hadn't been with the Yankees, but for a minute, right? A season and a half, is that right? One season. It's just this one. Yeah. So, uh, and that came 24 hours after Turnbull? Is this this kid's Spencer name? Spencer Turnbull. Who is that? Who uh, is he's that? A, he's a middling, long reliever who's finally a starter for the Tigers. Anybody can do it, Fred. That's what I like about it. There's seven of them because I'm not ever going to disregard Madison Bumgard. I was going to... You took a long time to drop that reference. Yeah. I knew that was coming. There's been seven no-hitters in baseball. Well, no, there's been six. Well. Because it takes nine innings to throw a no-hitter. According to the rules of baseball, games are only seven innings now. Double-headers. Correct. If he would have pitched seven innings of no-hit baseball and then threw two no-hit innings in the second game with a double-header, then I would call that a no-hitter. Need to talk to you about some of these world beaters. 
actors who have done it. Okay, are you ready? <laughs> Joe Musgrove. He's very talented. Okay, that's a semi-true. Carlos Rendon. Okay. Royal. Rendon. Close enough. Yeah. Okay. He's very talented. John Means. He's very talented. Mm. Wade Miley. He looks exactly like my mailman. <laughs> Spencer Turnbull and Corey Kluber. He, Spencer Turnbull worked at FedEx last year. Oh, he's the Kurt Warner of no hitters? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's, back, he's, he's bagging at the Piggly Wiggly. And Corey Kluber. We all know Corey Kluber. We, we're familiar with this. Cy Young winner Corey Kluber. The, yeah, who can go, I guess. But you got to pick one. You're going to pick Kluber, right? Obviously. And, and so, like, as baseball-y as it can get, there were back-to-back no-hitters on yeah. consecutive days. Insane. And then just to throw up the middle finger, the Braves scored 20 runs the day after back-to-back no-hitters. The Padres scored 15. Two teams scored 35 runs after your back no hitters just to show like hey maybe these guys are good it's not some freak of nature action going on here no but it's an absolute freak of nature yeah sure yeah yeah two away from the all-time record and we are very far we are a month away from the all-star game some people aren't even watching baseball yet correct there's a lot of baseball fans out there. The Seattle Mariners who don't even start to watch it. Well, <laughs> well they're, they're watching. watching. <laughs> they're listening to a lot of umpires go, yeah, strange. You and I called a game yesterday for ProView Networks and the NFHSnetwork.com and Comcast Channel 26 here in town. We called the Del Norte Knights hosting the Albuquerque Academy Chargers, we called a softball game. We sure did. Yeah, and a lot of fun with that was um, after we called the game, and, and it goes well, and it's a lot of fun and a little one-sided, but that's how softball can be sometimes. Um, we are making our drive out here to Gallup, and on during our drive out here to Gallup, a friend in real life, star of TV and radio, Brandon Ortega, calls us, and he says, I refuse to cut up highlights for games that you guys broadcast. <laughs> <laughs> First off, Brandon would never say that. <laughs> Yeah, wasn't that a hilarious incident? <laughs> we, and we don't know. Like we, he's, he's cutting up. Welcome back to the program. And that's what happens sometimes when you're on location, man. That's what happens. Get some tech diffs. Well, we're no stranger to tech diffs. No, we're no stranger to but tech But we are diffs. quite resilient, though, my friend. We got the best in the business, Mike Vitale, back at the studio. Mike Vitale has informed us that Lenny wants to join the program. Good morning, friend of the show. Good morning, Lenny. How are you? All right, how are you guys doing? Doing good, friend. Good morning. Can you hear me? Yes, sir. We're with you, buddy. What's happening, Lenny? No, oh, sorry. Hey, you better now. Thank you. So uh, let's go with the no-hitters. Would you rather have six no-hitters or be the Seattle Mariners and be hit no-hit twice in two weeks? Well, I would never want to be the Seattle Mariners. <laughs> in any way whatsoever. <laughs> So let's see if they break the record for being no-hit the most in one season. I don't know what that record is. Yeah, excellent question, Lenny. I don't know. Would it be I the third time? When they, was, when they were no-hit twice in the same season, Ricky Henderson got a 3,008. So those are not fun games to sit through except you sing a no-hitter. So I believe the Mariners, Rangers, and Indians have all been no-hit twice. Is that correct? Right, but this early in the season to be no-hit twice isn't a good sign. It's weird I want to, to see take a just two full days off. I want to see is a full May. reliever no-hitter. 
<laughs> just the whole bullpen? Well, that's what they do. They, the teams will put out, like that no-hitter that was seven innings, that was all relievers. So that's why that didn't count as a no-hitter. Because it wasn't in a it wasn't a nine inning game or a seven inning game that took place in conjunction with a double hitter. So, let's have a little fun now. Who's the number one selling jersey this week in the NFL? Hello. Yeah, we're and we're back at we're it. We're back with you. Hey, and we need to apologize for that little bit of internet issue there. What it was is out here at the golf course, we're sitting out like amongst the carts. We're sitting out amongst the carts. So sure. yeah, so uh, during Lenny's call there, we made the transition from uh, to the five G. So we are now in a good way, and we won't have issues the rest of the time. Lenny was making a good point, Van. He was talking about uh, what's more embarrassing, like for Major League Baseball. Is it more embarrassing? that there are so many no-hitters and fandom is maybe possibly at a low now as opposed to what it had been for the game, or is it to have a team that is so pedestrian that they're not going to be able to perform on the field? Well, Fred, as a baseball dork, um, I'm going to tell you that I don't mind either because <laughs> you know, I used to be a pitcher. I like to see good pitching, so if a pitcher's on and you know the batters aren't and they're not putting the ball in play, Lenny, if they're not putting the ball in play yeah. – then that's on them, not the pitcher. Well, I agree completely. And sure. I, we're going to have a talk in a little bit about hitting opposition players. We're going to have a talk about Tony LaRusso, and we're going to have a talk about that part of baseball, too. Lenny's rejoining us. Lenny, we apologize. we got to figure it out now on our end, I promise. Lenny, you with us? Well, I know Lenny's there because I can hear him. Okay, I still can't hear you on my end. Well, we got you, Lenny. What's going on? Can you hear me? Yes, sir. Yeah, I can't hear you guys. Okay. Yeah, well, we're going to. All right, there. The graphic connection hotline today is is not going to be a benefit to Lenny, which I apologize for because I very much enjoy his time when he contacts the program. Yeah, I don't know. The thing, Van, to me that gets me so excited about, like, this whole baseball conversation is there's such good, like, pitching right now. There's such good fielding right now. There's such good defensive baseball. And, like, name a sexier game. Name a game where, like, the ball is held by the defense, right? Like, it, it just doesn't exist. It's a different formula. And I think that's the thing that's, like, tough for, like, fan of sport because, like, it's, it's a non-traditional deal. And, and it's not that baseball is going to die. Baseball will never die. It's, like, it's always going to have fandom. But it's a big transition from the guys that are in control and can score all the time. Yeah, you know, you saw baseball peak, of course, and the you know Mark McGuire, Sammy Sosa, Barry Bonds, the the chicks dig the long ball phase. Yeah. But I think we have a new resurgence here of small ball, and you know the pitchers are finally catching up to the talent of the hitters, and you're seeing the results with more strikeouts, lower ERAs, and a bunch of no hitters. So this isn't a detriment to the game. This is just younger, more talented players coming up. When you're about to see an evolution too, right? Because at least in my opinion, uh, for so long, hitting coaches now, you know, the Mark McGuire's and the the guys that hit long balls for a long time, you know, they taught players 
today, today's players, how to hit with like a, you know, angle and bat speed and hit and, and what to do off guys who are kind of garbage as pitchers. And by garbage, I mean major league baseball professional level. But now that pitching has surpassed hitting, in my opinion right now, you're going to have to have an entire um, redesign of how batters approach pitchers. I don't think you change pitching. I don't think you change the mound distance. I don't think you change the ball. I think you change the acumen of hitters and the approach. Yeah, I think um, everyone needs to start reading Ted Williams' Art of the Swing again. Yeah. And uh, start getting that bat flatter Mm -hmm. and try to get away from the launch angle and just let the true power home run hitters be home run hitters and start moving people along the base paths like, um, like old school baseball was. And then, you know, I know... Grand Torino, get off my lawn baseball yeah. fan, absolutely loves hearing this, that more action, more defense, more steals, more hit and runs, and it's going to equal like more fun action when you're watching the game. And that's where I see, you know, baseball going forward. The And a thing that's like, again, just piggybacking off you, a thing that's a bigger deal to me is like, if you want guys that want to uppercut all the time, and you want guys, I'm going to use a boxing example here, like, if you disregard the body blows if you disregard like like working the count and like not trying to hit it to the moon every time you're up at bat and like make pitchers know that you could do just as much as they could do out there because right now they know what your approach is they know like the you see the shift in baseball they know you're going to dead pull here matt adams sure like they know that's going to happen so it's like if you can and this is going to sound bad because you got to the major league baseball level like doing one thing really well for a long time but if you can adopt your approach, uh, or excuse me, if you can adapt your approach in a way to where pitchers are just as scared as you as you are of them, and by the way, some of these guys you're afraid of, those six names I named, one of them is somebody. Like sure. one. The rest of them are guys you think you'd be able to hit off on a Wednesday matinee. Yeah, yeah. The no-hitters this year, were, I mean, a couple of them were, you know, up-and-coming young pitchers, but the majority of them are just middling guys that you wouldn't expect to be that dominant yeah. on any given day. Of course, you know, if Corey Kluber's healthy, he can dominate a lineup any day. But, yeah, I mean, it's it's really it's really simple to me. Like, with the change in the launch angle over the past decade or so, just think about it. I mean, if, if your swing plane is going up to try to hit the ball higher and further at a higher angle, the ball coming in flat you have a really harder opportunity, mm-hmm. a smaller window to hit that ball solid. But with a longer, flatter swing, that's going to increase contact and put the ball in play more often. And for me now, like, I'm never going to get sick of a long home run, but I would also like to see more action. So I get the problem. I get the complaints. I love baseball, so whatever incant- incantation of baseball you're going to present to me, I'm in. But I, I get the issue. It was, like, laughable for a long time with uh, – and the guy who did it really well was Vlad Guerrero. You know, it was laughable, like, hey, he, you know, he's going to really uppercut this thing no matter – it's a golf swing, and, and it doesn't matter where it's at in the zone because he just – he knows how to hit it with the bat as it comes across the plate there. But now that it's everyone trying to do it, it's almost um, just so a watered down. Because, like, whenever pitchers would only have to uh, – wing T offense, right? Like, triple option. Like, when you only had to – only one team was doing it only one guy was doing it it works because no one's going to prepare for it and now that every pitch now that pitching is caught up with hitting um all of hitting has to change simply put it has to change you can't you change you got ahead for five years there well now you're not ahead anymore yeah and you're gonna see 
evolving and you know adaptation and um revolution in every sport like you're seeing it in the nba right now yeah you know for the last five six eight years people are just chucking up 63 pointers a game and now like athletic big men are starting to take the game over again so you see ebbs and flows in, in any game and you can even see it from year to year in the nfl whether it's you know short dunk off spread or two running backs pounding the ball you know you got changes in defensive perception every year so i mean it's just the evolution of the sport you can't say it's that big of a problem when you know the sport is wildly popular yeah and with that and kind of my last thought on before we go to break with that evolution um if you were to change the rules to the game now to me you're at like another little like hiccup in what is like to my opinion the most important history of a sport right because whenever you change the rule set, then you get, like, these little, like, uh, denotations and, like, statistics historically and the game historically and play historically. And there's a frustration of that with me because I want I, – well, really, I want the same standard and rules that existed in 1884. Like, I, w- I want to play the same game. Now, I do recognize that stadiums have changed and venues have changed and uh, they're cathedrals now, but maybe, you know – Left center is only 308, you know, but it's, yeah. yeah, there's, I don't know, that aspect of it's a big deal. Um, but the I could talk book, evolving rules with you. Want to yeah. do a segment on that we next? We do a segment on that. Vital, are you going to be good for a break if we go a minute early? Yeah, let's Perfect. do that. So we're going to grab when we get back, we're going to break down a little bit the rules of baseball and how they're ever evolving. Obviously, we're going to talk about the Memphis Grizzlies, uh, I guess, getting that last playoff spot last night and the most exciting little thing ever with Steph Curry and his Warriors, who turned it over 20 times in two elimination games. Van figured out Steph. Dave and Busters presents ABQ Central live from Fox Run Golf Course for the Big Brothers Big Sisters Golf Scramble Fundraiser which we're having a lot of fun doing. And we're, obviously, we're able to be on the road with Chisholm Trail RV this week. We're powered by New Mexico Pinion Coffee. And we're going to connect with us. Connect with us on the Graphic Connection Hotline, 505-246-0610, 95.9 FM, AM 610, the sports animal. We are back live from Fox Run Golf Course here in Gallup, New Mexico. We're here for Big Brothers Big Sisters as they're doing their golf scramble fundraiser. It's the biggest fundraiser of the year, man. It's a big deal. It's a big deal. The community's come out. Um, I just opened up. You know what I love about these community events? Because how many have we done? Uncountable amounts, right? We've done a ton. But I love when, like, and this has happened right now, when, like, uh, Taco Bell has brought in breakfast. So they've made, um, I don't know, a smorgasbord of, like, Taco Bell breakfast burritos. I've never seen Taco Bell look as delicious. Yes. So It looks like real food. Uh, I'm going to enjoy this one okay. um, throughout the program. We'll find so, out in an hour how yeah. much you enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> That's like the one. I know we were doing the, the varsity of terrible restaurants or fast food however long ago. I never eat Taco Bell. And it's not because I don't enjoy it because I think I do. But I, I never pass a Taco Bell. I'm like, I think I'm going to get that. I think I'm going to be a part of that life. Well, I don't see why not. Dip your toe in. I just, I don't know. It's just, maybe it's the taste. I think it's the taste. Well, anyone who loves Mexican and New Mexican food yeah. can separate Taco Bell. Because that's not Mexican or New Mexican food. It's a whole other weird, fun hybrid. If you can have it every once in a while and they, you know, be safe and not get yourself sick every day, 
then uh, yeah, you know, you know. Would you consider it a um, Tex-Mex? Is that correct? Is that the word I'm looking for? I think it's just uh, like not real food. It's its own thing. You got to know what it is. You're talking about before the break making changes in the rules to Major League Baseball. Uh, you're going to talk about some big – you're not going to talk about the stuff they're practicing in AAA, right? Like that's not your energy. You're talking about stuff you think that would improve the Major League game right now. Well, uh, yeah, I am actually talking about some things that they're going to – they're practicing in the minors this year. Really, it comes down to fastball velocity. And fastball velocity versus launch angle. Okay. If people are hitting upper, like swinging uppercuts every time and trying to hit the ball as far as possible and being okay with hitting 225 or being okay with hitting 250 as long as I get 20, 30, and some, for some people, 40 home runs. Right. It's going to get harder and harder as these pitchers get more and more talented and bigger and stronger. Like the fastball velocity over the years has gone up and up and up. It seems like everybody can throw in the high 90s, and then there's so many people who can throw in the hundreds. Mm -hmm. So you're having more and more of a problem with hitters making consistent contact. Number one, with the launch angle increases, and then number two, with the increases in velocity. So the only thing to counteract that, because, you know, you've had the lowest ERA and the lowest batting average since what year, Fred? 1884. That's incorrect. Okay. By almost 100 years <laughs> since 1968, the year your second favorite player of all time, Bobby Bob Gibson, Gibson. Yeah. when he was unhittable and they had to lower the mound. So I anticipate some really good data this year in the minors that might indicate, hey, we have to lower the mound again. Or, hey, we might need to move the mound six inches back, a foot back, because these, everyone just throws way too fast. That's the thing that's changed, right? We were talking about ballparks a little bit ago, but, like, over the course in the history of this game and, and the statistics that come along with it and, and all those historical facts is players are the thing that are getting bigger. Like, players are stronger. Like, you're not going, you know, from barn throwdowns, like, all off season, to then playing a baseball, like, for whatever months around the year with your, your traveling pickup league. Yeah, sure. Four Fingers McGinty, yeah. who works at the meatpacking plant, doesn't just get off work and go straight to the baseball game. No. These, these are, guys have been training their whole life. These are Yeah, and they're not just training their whole life, but, like, training literally before their professional lives to where it's, hey, you know, at, at Babe Ruth baseball and high school baseball and at college baseball, and then all the way up to uh, before, co before professional debuts, you're getting the Tommy John surgery, and you're – you got guys that are dedicated, not just to your physical health, but dedicated to, like, the mechanics and dedicated to the science of it. Players are bigger, faster, and stronger than they've ever been. Ballparks are not. Like, if you were to make every single ballpark be 500 feet to dead center, you would have less home runs. You would have this stuff. Sure. Um, and that's the thing where you got to – if you're talking about evolutionizing, like, the mound and you're talking about, like, the height and the distance – I can't implement it to start at the major league level. I just can't do it because it's too much of a butcher for the game. But if you were to start at, like, the PCL, if you were to start at, like, in the Florida Atlantic, if you were starting at one of those kind of low A or rookie ball things just to see what it looks like, 
Okay. Yeah, in in the Atlantic League this year, the second half of the year, they're going to move the mound back six inches and then play a quarter of the season there, then move the mound back a foot and play a quarter of the season there and, and see what the game looks like. So I think within maybe as soon as next year, but definitely within two or three years, there's going to be changes to the pitching distance yeah. or the height of the mound, just like we saw uh, in between the 68 and 69 seasons. Some other rule impl implementations this year, uh, slightly larger bases in AAA. I don't have a problem with that at all. Players are literally just bigger. They're yeah. not wearing size 10s anymore. They're wearing size 13s. Uh, so I'm in on that. Uh, also, there's nothing, because I'm a guy who's been through that, that rolled ankle on a base Oh, my God. Literally broke my foot doing that. Yeah. Like, yeah. that is the – to see a first baseman get cleated on the Achilles, like on a like on a bang-bang or even like a routine play, like that to me is a, is, is a little too much. Uh, there's a requirement that all four infielders have their cleats within the outer boundary of the infield dirt when the pitch is delivered. Who's playing an out-of-bounds? Why would this even be a rule? Well, I think it's to counteract the shift. Oh, okay. So you can't have – your shortstop or second baseman wrapped around on the other side of the base in shallow left or right field. That's to stop a lot of those hot ground balls that that you just scoop up and throw to first base as opposed to being a an old school CNI single. So you're not a fan of the third baseman becoming like a roving fourth outfielder is what you're saying. Well, I, I like the shift. Yeah. I like the shift. I like using statistical metrics Same. to – but for me, it's it's putting the ball in play more often. I, as a pitcher, I love a strikeout. I love a perfect fastball right on the outside corner. I love an unhittable slider that the guy swings right through. I love a changeup that goes back through the zone, mm -hmm. and the guy looks like an idiot when he swings at it and falls out of his shoes. I love that stuff, but there are too many strikeouts. A requirement that pitchers must step off the rubber to attempt a pickoff. Well, I hate that. I'm indifferent to that one. A limit of two pickoff attempts per plate appearance? I'm indifferent to that one. So I, I think I hate that one because I think there's such an advantage then given to the runner. Because you know on the third one you're going to get to go. Wait, so what? I can lead off all the way to a foot from second base? Yeah. What are we doing here? Yeah. Figure it out. 15-second uh, pitch clock in low A, which is, to me, too short. There's a thing I, I know a lot of people talk about the length of the game and, and blah, blah, blah. But if we're taking five seconds off the current pitch count, and then how many pitches you got a game? Like, realistically, 250, 300 pitches a game, maybe? Yeah, for both teams. Yeah, for both yeah. teams, maybe. Mm -hmm. So what are we really eliminating here? 1,500 seconds? Like, what's that work out to be? Yeah, I mean, I, I've said this up and down. I, you know, I, I get sick of it. Ad nauseum, as they say. Basketball is a 48-minute game that lasts three hours. Yes. Football is a 60-minute game that lasts three hours. Baseball is a three-hour game that lasts three hours. It's part of the game. That you're not going to change. It's going to take three hours, sometimes three and a half hours. If you got a pitcher's duel and it flies by, we can call it two and a half hours. But shaving off five or ten minutes doesn't matter. The product on the field is what matters. And, and I think you really alter the product on the field when you take pitchers who know they have, like, this routine, right? Like whenever 
a batter gets in the bat, you know, Nilmar Garcia-Parra, Skip Schumacher, you know, for our Dodgers fans listening. Like, whenever a guy gets in the box, they have a routine. They have a thing they're going to do. Pitchers are the exact same way. Sure. Yeah. Everyone knows the best baseball movie of all time is for love of the game. And okay, Billy stop. Chapman, played by Kevin Costner, would clear the mechanism. you gotta give you got to give pitchers an opportunity. Like, so I, I'm not a real big fan of disrupting that. Um, I also don't love this defensive alignment thing. It's been proven that I'm going to use Matt Adams again. It's been proven that Matt Adams pulls, dead pulls the ball three feet from first base, nine out of ten times that he bats. You just stand someone there. Yeah. That's, that's on the batter, not the coach. You need to be able to change your approach, go the other way, right. be able to drop a bunt down. There's other ways to fight this. I mean, I hate dropping a bunt down. Dropping, yeah. dropping a bunt for a hit is smart and good baseball. I know, like, I know that. I know even as I'm saying it that I should be a fan of it. But if you – oh, that's different, though. Runners on base to me is another story. Sure. Yeah, and the shift is different when you have runners on base. Sure. Yeah, because like, cause you can't get out of position then. You can't take a third baseman and put him in right center because if you, there's a runner on second, then you're, who's going to be a third? Like, you got to have a guy there to, like – keep you loyal um so that to me is just a, a frustrating little amendment but i mean if, if the game thinks it's better and, and i think the guy right now like i know joe tory stuff there but isn't it theo epstein like theo epstein's the guy who's kind of doing all this now right he knows the game i'm not smarter than the guys involved but i'm telling you like from my fan perspective and i know i'm like a, a low-key purist on it but like don't change the thing i fell in love with Right. Okay. So if you're talking about falling in love, yeah, you can't be the same person the whole relationship. You got to evolve. You know, your relationship only gets better when you get better. So if we make the game better and do some small tweaks, mm-hmm. you know, for for one good example that they made the game better throughout the last ten years is they made people stop doing steroids. Okay. I see. Yeah. I see you're doing that. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe, you know, you got to evolve a little bit throughout time and maybe moving the mound down or moving the mound back a little bit or pushing the fences out or, you know, regulating the shifts, the number of shifts you can do per game or how far they can shift. There, I mean, there has to be something because people are getting frustrated of either, you know, there's two home runs. It's, it's two to one game, three solo home runs and like 30 strikeouts. I mean, that's that's not a good product, especially if you're there live watching the game. Unfortunately for me, the game I fell in love with was the steroid game. Okay. Yeah, like when I came up as a fan, like in St. Louis, Missouri, Harvey's Wallbangers were over. You know, sure. like like the – at least in the 80s, I was a little too young. The summer of 98, the year that saved baseball, is to me the most exciting summer in the history of baseball. Now, being a part of it, living in St. Louis and watching the McGuire-Sosa run and, and that, but the entire country was captivated. Absolutely. I mean, I remember watching that whole thing with my dad. Yeah. Every night, you know, go home, school, football or baseball practice, and then go home and, and watch Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa with my dad. Just must-see TV. Speaking of Mark McGuire, when we get back from the break, Tony LaRusso wants you to get off his lawn. <laughs> Dave & Buster's presents ABQ Central live from Fox Run Golf Course here in beautiful and historic Gallup, New Mexico. We're live with Big Brothers Big Sisters as they're doing their Golf Scramble fundraiser this year. 
We're on the road with Chisholm Trail RV. We're powered by New Mexico Pinion Coffee. If you're going to connect with us, connect with us on the Graphic Connection Hotline, 505-246-0610, 95.9 FM, AM 610, the sports animal. We were talking about the rules of baseball, now we're going to talk about the unwritten rules of baseball. Boo. <laughs> Better not flip your bat, son. It's dumb. Grow up. Evolve. All right, you want to lead with this one, man? Yeah, yeah. So earlier in the week, uh, Chicago White Sox, Yermin Mercedes, in a blowout win, mm-hmm. hit a monster home run off of a position player for the Minnesota Twins, Williams Astadio. Oh. And they're actually friends in real life. Oh, shut up. So Yermin, shut Mer- up. Yermin Mercedes wanted to do him dirty. <laughs> That'll be around forever. And the game... <laughs> And the game was already, you know, it was out of reach. There's nothing could be done. So, you know, the unwritten rule, Fred, yeah. is if you got a 3-0 count in a blowout, you don't swing. You give the pitcher a chance to get back into the count, and you don't rub it in the other team's face. And back in the day when they used to sharpen their cleats <laughs> and have soft helmets, it made a big difference not to piss Wait, off the other team. You're talking about when the players used to drag the field before the game? Yes. Is that what you're talking exactly about? Exactly what I'm talking about. When they used to rake out the uh, the on-deck circle like it was a golf course scene. Yeah, trap. when they used to have shivs under their belt. Oh, know, very sexual. It was a different game then. So, anyways, Tony LaRusa throws his own player under the bus. Okay. Says he didn't know any better and he's green. And he even apologized to the other team. So, my question is. Do they just let the pitcher get him out, ruin his career statistics, not get paid as much the next year for some stupid old-fashioned unwritten rule? Tony La Russa is stupid and old. Yes. Okay. The White Sox, on average, have the youngest roster and the oldest coach. It makes absolutely no sense. He's out of touch with the current generation, and he doesn't know these kids. Me and you would identify as very competitive sure okay there's nothing i love more than just taking you to town on whatever we're doing yeah yeah like if it's if it's say it's sport like i want to beat you at sport say it's uh say it's bar games i want to beat you at bar games i want to beat you at drinking i want to beat you at dating i want to beat you financially i want to i literally want to beat you in everything in the entire existence of the planet because i love you that didn't make a ton of sense, but I'm with you. If you have the same kind of relationship with, like, the fellowship, the brethren that is Major League Baseball, always, always, because you're going to that, – that lasts forever. If, if you're up eight runs. Yeah. Wins the cutoff. There is no cutoff. Exactly. Just as the other team can score eight, nine, ten runs just as easily as you just scored eight, nine, or ten runs. Mm-hmm. Are you going to let them just crawl back into the game – for some old, out-of-date, out of old-fashioned, unwritten rule? No. So I got a little story for you, Fred. I'm going to give it to me. A little story time. So you remember um, the the guy who starred in Space Jam, Michael Jordan? Uh, LeBron James, the star of Space Jam. Uh, so Michael Jordan played baseball for a year, and his team was up eight runs. Okay. And he swang at a 3-0 count and hit a double and then went on to steal third base. His manager at the time was Terry Francona. Terry Francona called Michael Jordan to his office and said, hey, buddy, when we're up big, 
We don't swing at 3-0 counts, and we definitely don't steal third base. And Michael Jordan said, well, in basketball, if we're up 20, we're trying to be up 30. <laughs> and that's the kind of attitude I want for my baseball players. Look at the Braves. The Braves yesterday scored 20 friggin' runs. When did they decide to quit? They're like, oh, we're up 12 to 1. I guess we better let them come back into the game. Uh, oh, we're up, we're up 10 runs. I guess I'm going to ruin my batting average and not make as much money next year because I got this free agent contract coming up, and I'm not going to have as good as stats next year because of some stupid old unwritten rule and a and a guy who has more DWIs and world championships, Tony LaRuna, right, well, Tony LaRussa, the last 130, time, 130 years old, trying to tell me what to do. I'm out here having fun and dropping bombs. Shut up, Grandpa. For the uh, record, the last time Tony LaRussa managed a professional baseball season, he was a world champion. Yeah, like I said, same statistics, more DWIs and world championships. Joining Get out the, of here. Joining the program now is friend of the show, Tommy. Tommy, good morning. How are you? Tommy, Tommy, what's up? Where you at, dog? Mike, is Tommy still with us? Wow. Oh, oh my goodness. Yeah. All right. We'll try us again later, Tommy. Also, Tommy, if you can't get through on the phone line, at the show. Everything's at TalkABQ. Yeah. So you go on the Twitter, at TalkABQ. You go on the Instagram, at TalkABQ. You go on the Facebook at talk abq but literally just google abq central it's us in a church you know that's uh that's something we don't promote enough is our social media well you know maybe are we are we reaching grand torino age is that why i just i don't have a snapchat i'm on like the dating app and people will be like snap me like i don't want your snap like we like diss them like a snap that's what i thought like yeah. a dirty dozen i thought yeah i thought it was a like, like a, a mama joke that exactly is yeah, what, I, thought what I thought a snap was. But, no, it's like a, it's a term. It's a verb now. Well, I mean, snapping has always been a verb. But now <laughs> it's, a, it's a verb for communication. We are just seven short. Okay. Oh, Tommy's Welcome back, back on the Tommy. program. How very exciting. Good morning, Tommy. How are you? Hey, guys. You guys are up in that gallop right now, right? Yes, sir. Right, I think that's the problem. I, I heard you guys, and I kept on saying, what's up, what's up? But it's probably a little bit of Internet issues. But I'm loving when I see games in baseball, and I'm a little old school, is when I saw the Yankees last night win 2-1 to one against the Chicago White Sox, triple play, and it was exciting to watch baseball like that. I love pitching, okay? Now, if they're having problems with the ball, and they, they made it to where some more of a pitcher's advantage, just improved the ball by 50%, and it should even everything out. And batters... Hit for average, for God's sake. Put the ball in play and bunt and get guys over. What happened to that? Guys are swinging for the fences way too much now, worried about their contract. And it's ridiculous. I love. I want to see baseball. I don't want to see games like uh, what we're seeing with all the no-hitters. But I also don't want to see games like in college where they should be using wood bats, not aluminum. When they be, I've seen in the past games 21 to 17. That's way too much. They just need to even it out. I'd say if they go to the ball, doctor it a little bit more, about 50% for the, for the batter's advantage, then it should even out. This 238 average for the league is pathetic. That is horrible. Nobody wants to see that. But I, I, I am into average, putting the ball in play, and pitching. And that's what I believe in with baseball, guys. 
No, you're not wrong, Tommy. If we're sitting at the bar drinking a beer talking about this, I'm agreeing with everything you're saying. If we're on the radio and I got to tell you why you're wrong, I can't put it into words. Because, <laughs> Tommy, you're spot on. But it, here's my thing. It's not uh, a level on your headphones. You can't just keep tweaking it all the time. Like, you can't keep tweaking. You have to set a standard, right? So if the standard is, hey, the ball is going to be this density and this material and made this way and Rawlings has assured us we're going to get it across the board the exact same way all the time, I'm in. That's what I'm in on. That's the tool we're playing with. Yeah, MLB has had three different balls in the last four years. Mm -hmm. They changed the ball in 17, they changed the ball in 18, and they changed the ball in 21. So you got to figure it out. I didn't know it was that many. Yeah. That's a lot of change. And, like, I'm not the Tupac as far as it comes to loving changes, but I'm like, if you're going to implement it, you have to give it, like, a fair sample size. Are you going to tell me that two years is enough time to tell you we know if we're right or if we're wrong? Because I don't think it is in baseball. Like, I know you get a lot of examples. I know you get a lot of games. I know you get a lot of pitches. Sure. Not in question. But it's such a, in the spectrum of the, the sport, it's such a long game that you have to be in a position to where it's like, give me, give me three years at the minimum. Give me five years on a run. And then I'll be able to tell you. Now, is that going to offset, like, players, like, in their prime and their history? Yeah, Probably. Probably. Yeah, it's going to be hard to, like, alter your game that much on the spot. We're grabbing a break. When we get back, Sarah Regala is going to join us. She's going to talk to us about what Big Brothers Big Sisters is doing out here today at Fox Run. Dave Busters presents ABQ Central live from Fox Run Golf Course, Big Brothers Big Sisters. We're on the road with Chisholm Trail RV. We're powered by New Mexico Pinion Coffee. And we're going to connect with us, connect with us on the Graphic Connection Hotline, 505-246-0610-95.9 FM, AM 610, the sports animal. Back in the second hour of the program. Then we're live from Fox Run Golf Course Van. Beautiful and historic Gallup, New Mexico. This is my second time ever in Gallup. It's my second time. In Gallup or to Gallup? Because we're Ooh. just sitting here. Well, the first time I was here was one time. It's a Fuji's reference. I just did. Fuji's. But now. It's two times. Two times. <laughs> so uh, we're having a lot of fun here. It's our second year with the Big Brothers Big Sisters as far as being able to be a part of what they're doing. And I could tell you all about it, but I'm not I'm not versed enough. So we brought in the gal that knows it all, Sarah Wagala, the director of development. Is that what it is? That's me. Thanks for having me. The Big Brothers Big Sisters, the mountain region, because it is regionalized in New Mexico so that your donation goes to help the people in your community. Sarah, if you would kind of walk us through what's going on with the scramble today, kind of walk us through um, everything that is fun and exciting about about this. Absolutely. So we're super excited to be down here at, like you said, at Fox Run Golf Course where we're having a tournament. Um, we were super lucky to have 50 teams sign up. So it's now a two-day tournament. So it's going to be today and tomorrow. Um, and we're just out here raising funds for our program and for the kids who need it most in New Mexico. And, and like you said, Fred, uh, your money stays in your community. So um, that's a really wonderful thing about it. And we're, we're all over the state and it's a really important program. And, you know, I think we've learned from the last year that these, uh, these kids are really strong and they need it now more than ever. And so that's what we're here to do is just to raise some money for the kids. When you're talking about last year, you're talking specifically about COVID-19. 
I am. Yeah, the pandemic has just been incredibly hard on our children. I think we're going to keep seeing statistics that show how much they're really falling behind in school and just how much of an effect that this this time has had on their lives. Um, and, and we're just seeing that they need the support now more than ever. They need that mentor, that big in their life um, to really be there for them. I, I'm a big sister, and I know that for a lot of the pandemic, um, I was the only person that my little sister was seeing during the week um, and that she was hearing from. And, and it's it's just very isolating time. And so I think I think it's important. I think as we're all starting to get more comfortable and getting out there, it's a great time to, you know, try something new and to meet other people in the community. And what better way than to be a big brother or be a big sister? Yeah. For the loyal listener who may not know what you guys do or who you guys are, let's let's rewind a little bit. Say, what is Big Brothers Big Sister? and what do you guys do? Absolutely. Thanks. Thank you for reminding me that not everybody knows what a big is. So Big Brothers Big Sisters is all about one-to-one mentoring. So we match adults um, as the big with our littles, which are our kids in need. And so we really match you up. We have professional staff that work through this process, do background checks and all of the important things that are needed. Um, And we we, uh, match you with a child that has similar interests. So say you really love um, to hate on baseball, you could find a little brother who also loves to talk about how baseball shouldn't have too many runs in a game. Tony LaRusso Jr. <laughs> exactly. So so we would match you up with those similar interests um, and then you go out and you meet with the little brother, little sister every month. Um, we ask for four hours a month. Um, it's really just not that much time. It's, it's such a small thing you can do to make such a big difference in their lives. When, when you say four hours a month from a mm-hmm. big as far as the commitment to helping a little, uh, what does that four hours look like? Is that is that four hours in a classroom setting? Is that four hours over the phone? Um, give, me, give me maybe like an example of, of what four events um, throughout like a throughout like a um, I don't know like like a month with a little would be. Absolutely. And so it's actually, it's all of the things that you just mentioned. And so um, you can meet with the child in the classroom if you're a part of our um, school-based program, uh, which is wonderful. And so that's much more structured where you'd actually go in and have like a planned activity once a week. Um, If you're doing community-based big, which is what I am, um, it's really up to me and my little. And so I might see her once a month for four hours, or I might see her once a week for an hour. It really just depends on our schedule. Um, We actually, last weekend, we drove down to White Sands. It was her 16th birthday. What? Awesome. And she wanted to go on a road trip, and it was adorable. She had a 500-song playlist put together. And I'm telling you, this uh, this playlist slapped. It was impressive. She had music from every genre. I mean, we went from, like, Ariana Grande to Elvis all over the place. It was super fun. Spotify, no. Did you I, make it all I the know. way through the playlist? We, we didn't make it all the way through <laughs> okay. the playlist, which is impressive because we went down and back in a day. So it was six hours of driving, but she was she was having fun in the car and, and enjoying the, uh, the road-tripping atmosphere. So it really just it depends on what you like to do. We also have um, outdoor activities specifically for for our hikers and nature lovers. And so you can go do kind of a planned activity there. Um, like I said, we, we really try to tailor it to your time and, and to what you like to do. So let's say Big Brothers Big Sisters resonates with you and you really want to help, but you don't have the time to be a big. How can the listener help? Absolutely. So there's a lot of ways that you can get involved with Big Brothers Big Sisters. One is obviously becoming a, a, a mentor, and that's wonderful. And um, the other is, you know, we need donations. We need funds to keep this program going, to support our children, to make sure that we get as many kids as possible into this program and expand, you know, to all of all of the small communities that really need us most. Um, so please think about becoming a donor. It's wonderful. Uh, we have a monthly donation program called our Matchmakers, uh, which is a wonderful society that any amount that you give every 
every month, you're going to get a um, an email every month that introduces you to a match that you made possible. What? And so, yeah, if you um, if you sign up as a matchmaker, every month you're going to get an email from me that says, you know, here's here's Bob and here's Jake, and they just matched, and that's thanks to you. And so it's really fun to get to see where your money's going. So maybe using, like, your personal experience, because I think that's going to be the easiest one to speak from, what is, like, a an easy connection from a big to a little? Like, what is, like, a common idea that, like, like a big and a little come together on and then they're able to grow a relationship from. What is that seed usually? Pizza. Yeah, smart. Sweet. <laughs> Sweet. No, it's it's so much easier than you think. I mean, I joke about pizza, but really, I, I mean, who doesn't like pizza? Um, you know, and that's what's wonderful about our staff is that we've got a great staff that are actually all out here today, uh, and they help you come up with that. They help you think about what's your first activity together? What do you like to do? What are you guys going to go hang out? You know, what is that going to look like? And so, uh, you know, for me and my little sister, she actually, um, she'd never seen a horse before, and she really wanted to go out. Um, I ride horses, and she wanted to meet a horse and so that's what we did for our first day is we went out and you know it was super fun and then it just kind of went from there then she told me she was trying to adopt a guinea pig at the animal shelter so we went to the animal shelter and looked at guinea pigs and you know it's it's so much easier than you think they really they'll guide you they'll tell you what they want to do um but you know if, if you're if you're worried about it start at pizza is there a guise with that though is there like a direction where it's um it's like a sponsored content, maybe from Big Brothers, Big Sisters. Do we give you STEM projects? Do we give you as a big, like those kind of tools to connect or is it always like self-driven? Both. So we're always looking for help in that in that manner. You know, we do activity kits and things like that that are very STEM driven, especially in the Los Alamos area. We've got a great um, program of that happening. So there, there's definitely donations that we need, things like that, um, that are wonderful for our bigs and littles. Um, anytime we're getting um, deals at places is wonderful. So if you show your big brothers, big sisters card, do you get, you know, a free lunch for the little or do you get free ski rentals or do you get things like that is a really wonderful wonderful way to support us as well if you're a community partner and then we can make sure that we're giving you shout outs on our, our social media channels sweet so are there bigs for bigs let's <laughs> let's let's say question. i want to help but i'm nervous i'm not good with kids do you have resources for these yes. bigs Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's that's really keep coming back to that professional staff. And that's what really sets us apart. We're one-to-one -one mentoring, and we have this amazing support staff that is going to call you every month, check in, ask what your questions are, you know, help you work through problems. They talk to the families. They keep up with you. Um, and so they're, they're your big. So they help help mentor you through this process. So you're, you're not alone at any step of the way. I'm listener of the show, and I'm a small business owner, and I'm excited to help. I give you $1, Sarah. Yes. Break that dollar down for me. How does it help? Okay. So the dollar's going to come in to our, our kind of donation center at the main office. We're going to figure out where it came from, what region. So say you're here in Gallup, New Mexico. You gave me that dollar. That dollar stays in Gallup, New Mexico. So we're going to make sure that it stays there. Then we're going to start working on our recruitment efforts. We're going to take that dollar and we're going to see, you know, what kind of materials we need to get out there into the community, you know, getting our staff out there to make sure that we go and we recruit the best big possible. And so that might be being on a radio show or it might be, you know, setting up a booth somewhere and things like that. So we're going to recruit that volunteer. Then we're going to help pay for the background check for the volunteer because there's a lot of process that we got to do to make sure that this is a safe, wonderful organization. And so we're going to work through that. As you've already signed up, we then do the background checks and the reference checks and things like that. Um, and then we're going to match you up with your little, and then we're going to keep supporting you with that staff. And so, and so that's really where your dollar goes throughout the process. And it, you know, it costs money to, to make sure that we, we keep this program going in a, in a effective, safe manner. As ballpark as you can get. 
kids, littles, mm-hmm. that go through the program, what does that do for them as far as setting them up for success as young adults? Oh, it's wonderful. We've got amazing statistics. And one of the things I love about Big Brothers Big Sisters is because it's a national organization, it um, has some great research behind it. And so, for example, we know that children in our program are 89% more likely to do well in school. What? 89%. I mean, what a change you can make. And especially as we're worried about these kids going back to school, this is a great time to become a big to support this organization financially. Um, they're also going to be less likely to do drugs and alcohol. I believe that's 43% less likely, which is huge. I mean, that's a game changer for your life. Uh, they're more likely to go to college. I think it's three out of four are planning on going to college. And uh, the one that I think we often overlook is they have a 91% higher self-esteem. And that's huge. How you feel about yourself as a child, that dictates the rest of your life. And so if we can make these kids believe in themselves and think that they're worthy, then they're going to go on to do great things. So what other events can we expect from Big Brothers Big Sisters coming up? Absolutely. We're at the golf course today, so Mm -hmm. sorry, guys. Too late to come golf. (laughs) What do we have coming up next? It is not too late to come golf because we got a lot more golf tournaments coming your way. We've got one in Santa Fe um, June 25th. We've got one in Los Alamos coming up. We've got one in um, Donna Ana counties um, down south in Las Cruces. We will be busy. And then we've got our big event, which is our Bowl for Kids Sake that will be in the fall. And that's an awesome, awesome time where, you know, you get the bowling team together and we all meet and have, have a big fun time. So that's coming up as well. With all your community partners, what has the level of excitement been as far as returning from COVID-19? Like what kind of reception have you received from not just those individuals, but those corporations uh, throughout the mountain region? We've been so thankful to see that these small businesses are really stepping up and they're, they're here for it. They're excited to get back out there. They're excited to sponsor, uh, which is really wonderful because it's definitely something we were were worried about. So we've been just so thankful for our community partners and all of the people who've been helping us out. But I'm getting the sense that people want to go to an event. I I can remember, you know, hearing um, back in the day, you know, oh, another gala, oh, another party. And now I feel like people are like, give me a party. Let me dress up. Let me go somewhere. Let me do something. So um, like I said, we got 50 teams out here today, and and obviously it's working. We're going to. Let's do this. Let's grab a break. Sir, so you want to hang out for a minute or you got to go? Sure, I'm here. We're going to hang out for just a minute more. When we get back, we're going to continue talking Big Brothers, Big Sisters. We're going to continue talking sports. Dame Busters presents ABQ Central live from Fox Run Golf Course. We're on the road with Chisholm Trail RV powered by New Mexico Pinion Coffee. If you're going to connect with us, you're going to connect with us on the Graphic Connection Hotline, 505-246-0610, 95.9 FM, AM 610, the sports animal. Four. Just kidding. It's so windy here. I wouldn't be able to hear anything. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't be able to hear a single thing. Joining us still, Sarah Regala, who I've changed the job title of at Big Brothers Big Sisters, okay? Okay. So Uh-oh. Sarah Regala, who's the just all everything. She's a director. She's a big. She's the talking head. She's the <laughs> spokesperson. She's a uh, Santa Fe uh, sweetheart. Jacqueline so. of all trades. Oh, I like that. <laughs> I don't know about all that, but I try. Sarah, so you were talking about your golf scramble coming up uh, in Santa Fe. Yeah. And that's June 25th. That might be a more realistic drive for some listeners of the program as we're currently in Gallup. What are the details on that? Where is it at? How can you how can you enroll? How can you sign up? Absolutely. So that is going to be at the Marty Sanchez um, Golf Course, oh, and it's spot. June 25th. Um, and we're super lucky. It's actually being um, hosted by Paul Davis. And so they are hosting the tournament with us as the beneficiaries, which is such a wonderful thing. Um, and we're, we're very excited about it, and we hope you sign up. We need teams still. 
Uh, there, you can go to our website at bbbsmountainregion.org, and you're going to see information about that under our events tab. Uh, you can go ahead and write from there, uh, sign up a team, and you know, donate to the program and whatever else you might like to do. Uh, but we'd love to have you out there. I think it's going to be a really great, really great day. I just, I just noticed a sign across the parking lot, and it just says "Golf at your own risk." <laughs> what does that mean? I don't know. That's so ominous. Like, what, what's the risk? We're going to take a photo over there, like hitting. Like getting hit with a golf ball? Say, or like, it's the only sport, there, though, you have a name for just screaming something out that there might be a flying ball. And sure. so, I mean, maybe it is at your own risk. I mean, is it wolves? <laughs> Are there falling rocks? It is New Mexico. It's I'm possible. scared now. Like, I got I got my head on a swivel. The golf crowd here for this fundraiser has been eclectic. Very. Yeah, it is, it is people of all shapes and sizes. Obviously, you can tell different socioeconomic status. You can tell there's kind of a lot going on. There's, I've seen the highest end golf clubs, and I've seen, l l well, maybe the lower end fan. <laughs> like the ones you use. Like the ones I think yeah. you. That's exactly where I was going with sure. that. Um, but anyways, as, as we're seeing everyone come out, that's the best thing about, like, Big Bros, Big Sisters and these, like, fundraising efforts is it just brings, like, all parts of the community together. Do you have any examples, Sarah, of, like, maybe – like individuals that wouldn't necessarily have walked life next to each other, like coming together through Big Brothers, Big Sisters and just, just sparking relationship and sparking fellowship? Absolutely. I mean, I think that's what makes the program special, right, is that it really brings communities together. And we have some sort of targeted programs um, to do that specifically, like our Bigs with Badges program, where we try to match um, public health safety officials, police officers, firefighters, first responders with children. I think that's a really important thing to bring people from two different walks of life together. And and we do hear that story often that, you know, I never thought about this. This, you know, changed the way I, I see the world. You know, I never really thought about what it would be like to come from this environment and things like that. That. And so I think that's really important. But but you're right. I mean, the nice thing about being out here at the golf tournament is um, I grew up in a very uh, stuffy golf culture. And I remember when I first came to this tournament, um, I was expecting a certain thing. And I just found, oh, my gosh, there's just people from all walks of life, um, you know, having fun. People who aren't great at golf, which is wonderful. You know, it's 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 a fun time. It's not just this uh, very competitive, intense uh, golf place. But I, I do think that that's the type of energy that Big Brothers Big Sisters brings. It's, it's supposed to be fun. It's about bringing communities together. So uh, when, when's your tea time? When's my tea time? Yeah, oh, we, we go on. Are you in our foursome tomorrow? I, I am, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Um, I, I haven't played in 20 years, so I think I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready. Oh, so you and you and Fred can battle it out. Oh, perfect. I'm I mean, brand we, new. We battle it out often, so I, I think golf should be no different. Off the air, we had had an in-depth conversation about the drudge that is Taylor Swift. Okay. I can't. I can't with this, Fred. You're going to bring it back up? I just... Now that the listener's here, because obviously you can reach out to the program, 505-246-0610, uh, call and let us know who the worst art music artist of all time. Today's Varsity is worst music artist of all time. I'm really into that. Okay, I'm so that's today's Varsity. So at the end of the program, we're going to give you, uh, in our opinion, the worst music artist of all time. So call the program and let us know why it's Taylor Swift. It's not Taylor Swift. It's not Taylor Swift. She's super talented. I feel like it's like punching down. we got to stop. To Taylor Swift? Yes! This is me yes. punching up to screeching and speak singing <laughs> is what it is. Taylor Swift is a wonderful lyricist. I saw her when she was 16, and she's just as wonderful as she was that day. Sure, so is Chris Stapleton, but he's the worst entertainer ever. But Chris Stapleton is such a wonderful musician. The I... Fred, we're going to fight again. We're looking music. for entertainment is what we're looking for. And I don't see that when Taylor Swift is upstage oh. doing her Charlie Brown dance Hold the on. entire time. Hold on. Have you been to a Taylor Swift concert? Well, of course not. I am a, I'm a man. 
don't in my mid thirties. Don't even, okay? Because I've dragged many a man to a Taylor Swift right. concert, well, and it is super entertaining. She has got like Circus Olay happening up in there. There are people coming from the rafters, and mm -hmm. they're swinging all around and doing crazy stuff, and it's well choreographed. It is. Oh, you're talking about other people? Yes, I believe that. Uh, and then she's playing multiple instruments. It, it's great. What she's don't doing as, as someone who's it. been to a Beyonce concert, yes. love that. The I queen. get, I get the spectacle. Yeah, uh, the spectacle I'm completely indifferent to Taylor Swift. So I'm going to sit the rest of this one out. You guys go crazy. Well, the you, only you might, we might need a referee. Actually. The only <laughs> instrument that Taylor Swift plays is the heartstrings of the individuals that she destroys to build content for her tail, her terrible bangers. First of all. I disagree. Okay. And second of all, she is a phenomenal lyricist. She just wrote a song with Bon Iver and has had some really cool collaborations. I mean, obviously, you didn't watch the Netflix special. It was fabulous. Highly recommend. Um, I mean, I, Taylor Swift has come a long way, and I don't think we get to keep using the same, like, 17-year-old tropes about her and, like, her exes because, I mean— what were your songs looking like at 17? Were they great? Were the they greatest just... <laughs> song of all time when I was 17 was Wonderwall oh, by Oasis. Stop. And as I sit here at 36 years old, the greatest song of all time is Wonderwall by Oasis. Now, okay, listeners, you need to know something. <laughs> Fred told me earlier today, all right, it's hot off the presses, that he believes Wonderwall <laughs> is better than any song by the Beatles. So are we going to listen to him? I, no, we cannot listen to a man who thinks that Wonderwall is the greatest song. Of all time. Taylor Swift has an oppo career. Her first album was arguably the best banger in pop music history, 1989. That's not her first album. Continue. And then you're <laughs> That's not her first album. It's the first one to hit the radio, so it's the no, first it's one. And then everything else has not just been a decline, but a steep decline. It's worse than Dogecoin right now. That's Stop. how bad. First of all, Dogecoin's on the way up. But second. <laughs> 1989 is not even close to her first album. She had an entire country career before that. We no one had counts Fearless. that. We had Fearless. We had Taylor Swift, the titled album. Come on now. Taylor Swift is lucky that Love Shania Swift. Twain ever existed because she wouldn't Ooh. have got the chance to go from country to pop without the forerunner that was Sheryl Crow. Like Wait, You just went from Shania Twain to Sheryl Crow. Because they're all interchangeable, all just place. like Taylor First Swift. First of all, Sheryl Crow didn't come from country music. And if you really want to fight, Sheryl Crow is my favorite artist of all time. So I she went to country later. All right, totally different thing. All right, hear me out, guys. I think what I'm going to do to stand out as an entertainer is, I don't know, like throw on a white dress and like sparkle some glitter on it. That's Taylor Swift in a nutshell. I love making fun of her for ways that we would never say about a male artist. Okay? We, we, are we are we sitting here talking about Justin Bieber right now? Because everybody loves we, Justin we're Bieber. We're talking about Prince is what we're talking about. Because he's a guy who would go to the forefront. We're talking about Bruno Prince Mars. Prince also loved we're, putting on a white outfit. Yeah, and, and he sparkles. killed it. <laughs> so what's the problem then? He can do it, but she can't? She cannot do it. She no. can and she does. No, She is she Reese does. Witherspoon after she leaves the big city and has to go back to her country bunk in town no. to fall in love with the guy that had to raise a dog because his divorced or widowed or separated ex-wife didn't teach him the true meaning of Christmas. That is Taylor Swift's attempt. That took a real journey. I got lost in the middle. <laughs> I'm trying to come back at the end. You're following it, though. I, I'm not. I'm not at all. But Taylor Swift is wonderful. And she killed country music. She, oh, please, please. She did not kill country music. Man. Live and well. What is your favorite country song? Uh, of all time? Yes. Uh, Up Against the Wall, Redneck Mother by Ray Wiley Hubbard. Correct. Achy Breaky Heart by <laughs> Billy Ray Cyrus is your favorite country song of all time. Taylor Swift was not even close. I wasn't.
saying she was the greatest country star of all time. I'm just saying she's a very talented person, and I, I think she's wonderful. And mostly I love how much you don't like her, and yet you think Wonderwall is the greatest song. Know that. The greatest it is. song. It's just wrong. What's wrong. the story, Morning Glory? was a game changer. Here Comes the Sun, you think, was not as popular as Oasis. I don't know. I've never heard that. that must uh, be you've nice. never heard <laughs> Here Comes the Sun by the Beatles. Uh, don't listen to this man. Don't listen to this man. You tell the listener of my radio show. Taylor Swift born December 13th. Van, don't know if you knew that. Why would That's I why know that? 13 is her favorite number. Okay, you're turning me into like a super fan, and I never wanted to be at this level, but I feel like I have to rise to it. You're doing fight. an awesome job defending her, by the way. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm just sitting back here like a, a cat watching ping pong. <laughs> December 13th is my birthday. Oh, that's why you hate her so oh, much. Oh, she takes the shine away from you. That is exactly what it is. I see. That. Yeah, I see. It's, this is she thinks she's Harry Potter, but I'm the real star, Ron Weasley. <laughs> and it's Ron Weasley is not the star. Not the star. It's Hermione Granger. It's Hermione Granger. All right, she. All right, she's a slob. What? She. She's the star. She's they the third do, wheel. They couldn't do anything without Hermione. She's the Brandon Ortega of this trio. She's okay. the smart one. <laughs> She's the one that makes it happen. Harry would be nowhere without Hermione. So, Sarah, let's say someone wanted to volunteer <laughs> for Big Brothers Big Sisters. How do they go about contacting you? <laughs> they go to bbbsmountainregion.org. You can find out all of our information there. I promise um, if you become a big, you won't have to listen to me talk about Taylor Swift anymore. Um, bbbsmountainregion.org. You can check us out on Instagram. You can check us out on Facebook. Again, at BBBS Mountain Region. Uh, we'd love to see you. We'd love to get you involved. It's a beautiful organization, Sarah. You're a beautiful person. Thank you so much for your time. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Thank you for having us here. When we get back, football? Sure. Tim Tebow's the man. Yeah, baby. Be Tebow back. Dave & Buster's presents ABQ Central live from Fox Run Golf Carts in beautiful and historic Gallup, New Mexico. We're on the road with Chisholm Trail RV, and we're powered by New Mexico Pinion Coffee. If you want to connect with the program, connect with us on the Graphic Connection Hotline, 505-246-0610, 95.9 really FM, cool AM 610. About when, like, the biggest personality, when the biggest star when the coolest guy at the party, and by the way, thank you to Sarah Regal of Big Brothers Big Sisters for joining us. Whenever the big man on campus shows up, and he's supposed to, like, take the spotlight. He's supposed to, similar to Taylor Swift and me, take all my shine. Sure. But instead, you play the big dog role that Gardner Minshew did, and you don't give up number 15. You never give that up. No, sir. Garner Minshew says, I'm going to keep this. Forget you, Tim Tebow. And I love Garner Minshew. I love him so I love him so much. Well, well, due to the new position rules, can tight ends even have 15? Tim Is Tebow a, could have 15. But Garner Minshew, who's not going to play a snap ever again <laughs> for the Jacksonville Jaguars until Sunshine gets hurt, wouldn't give up number 15. Wouldn't give it up. I love it. So Tim Tebow, who, if you don't know, signed a contract with the Jacksonville Jaguars after playing in the NFL 10 years ago. Is that correct? Eight years ago. Eight years ago. Seven years ago, says Quit Mike yelling Vital. yelling at me, Vital. I'm sitting right here. But I think there was a delay because he meant 17 years ago. 17 years ago was the last time Tim Tebow took a snap in the NFL. 
And he played in the NFL as a quarterback, okay? Sure. Took 10 years I off to play baseball. 12 years, wasn't it? He t- Yeah, I think he took. Hasn't played in 14 years. Two dozen years yeah. is how long he was away from the game of football. 23-year hiatus. Smashing dingers, becoming the face of Major League Baseball. I th- yes. Where he bought a franchise, if I remember, made himself the manager. Back to back to back World Series champion. That game where he for the Mets, where he pitched a no hitter, while also playing the position of catcher. Yeah, incredible. Hit seven home runs in one game. Yes. Mm-hmm. At po- so when Tim Tebow decided that he was done conquering the world of professional golf, he said, "I think I'm gonna go back and." teach Trevor Lawrence how to be a quarterback. That's awfully nice of him. Yes. With my friend Urban Meyer. My best friend in the whole world. He put number 85 on. And what happens next? Well, to no one's surprise. Sets a record for jersey sales in one day. Not just jersey sales. He set a record for jersey sales, jersey sales, Uh uh, women's t-shirt sales, and kids' sales. He set four records in one day. They have the first overall draft pick in Trevor Lawrence, and with that first overall draft pick in Trevor Lawrence, he's going to stand in the shadow of the greatest quarterback of all time, Tim Tebow, (laughs) who's his tight end. (laughs) I love it. I mean, Tim Tebow's going to teach him a lot about work ethic. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, spend a lot of time on your knees. But he's not, he's You're talking not, about prayer. Yes, I'm talking yeah. about prayer, Fred. Hey. Get your mind out of the gutter. He fought this. Not going to teach him a lot about throwing the football like a normal person, though. How old's Tim Tebow? Oh, there are. Well, I, he's left-handed, and, and it looks like he's like trying to throw a ball through spider webs. I'm not, I'm not sure what he was doing with that motion. His motion is the most – if I had to describe Tim Tebow's motion, like, okay, so picture this, a winner. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. exactly what it All is. All you do is win, 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 win. No matter what. But not for, you know, the Mets. <laughs> <laughs> not for the Mets. He has the number one uh, jersey sale for the Jacksonville Jaguars this year. He also had the number one jersey sale in the NFL for a period of time when he was with the Philadelphia Eagles. He also had the number one jersey sale for a period of time when he was with the New York Jets. He also had the number one jersey sale for a period of time when he was with the Denver freaking Broncos. Sure. Tim Tebow has played for four NFL teams and has sold more jerseys than all of them. Oh, my god! Sold more jerseys than a bodega. But those are knockoff jerseys, yeah, so that's it was, not, yeah, not exactly fair. So I, I want to see – I don't care about the results on the field. I don't see him having a giant impact for the Jacksonville Jaguars playing tight end. On or, the field. Or special teams or whatever he does on the field. I want to see, like, his impact in the locker room because I think he's going to have, like – a Ray Lewis-esque kind of impact on the team without killing a dude. Oh, okay. (laughs) Yeah. CBS, during every broadcast, 
similar to the way that like when they were shooting Mork and Mindy, you had to put a camera on Robin Williams because you didn't know what was going to happen. Mm-hmm. They will have a single camera on Tim Tebow the entire time. It will be Tebow Cam. The NFL will shoot a documentary on this season that you and I will watch together one calendar year from now documenting the rise, fall, success, rise again, eventual Super Bowl championship that Tim Tebow brought to Jacksonville. The NFL, the Jacksonville Jaguars, Shad Khan will make all of the money. Tim it's T- brilliant. Tim Tebow's making $920,000. The veteran minimum for a player with three years of experience. Excellent. They sold that in jerseys in the first day. I mean, that's going to be a pretty soft 900 grand because he's never going to have to take the field. He's never going to take. See, he will, though. Two-point conversion? Yes. He's like a diet Taysom Hill. (sighs) If you put 85 under center, and by the way, I'm only referring to Tim Tebow as 85 now. On the two-yard line, you will score two points every time. You talking jump pass? Yeah. I'm talking yeah. triple option. I'm talking triple draw. Op, triple option jump pass. You put, him, you put him in the shotgun? You give him the Clemson running back to the left? You give him, oh, what's it, Robinson to the right? What are you going to do here, defense? You have the three greatest athletes In the entire AFC, two of those three are Tim Tebow. Tim Tebow. Are you talking about? 85. The father, (laughs) the son, and the Holy Spirit? Is that what you're talking about? about. I'm still looking over my shoulder for wolves. I I own, I legitimately own in my closet right now a number 15 Tim Tebow jersey. You don't wear it enough. No, but it's in there from the Denver Broncos. And I did wear it for a period of time, and I loved it. So should we get some his and hers number 85 jerseys? I'll get T-E and you get (laughs) B-O-W. You're eight, I'm five. And here's the brilliance, because Tim Hebo is going to play more than one season with the Jacksonville Jaguars. And Gardner Minshew is not. I know. It's going to take at least three years to build that mega church yes. in Jacksonville. <laughs> it's, it's actually connected to the stadium. The stadium. <laughs> yeah. So whenever. That's, that's a sneak attack to mm-hmm. get people to go to church is you go straight from the game right to church. And I'm, I love that. So yeah, you go to church, smart. you tithe, and then you go straight well, I mean, to the game. It's depending on if it's 11 o'clock or 3 o'clock game. Yeah. Because if it's a 3 o'clock game, you go to church first, mm-hmm. then walk down the corridor, take your seat at Jaguar Stadium, or vice versa. I think it's genius. People will be lined up, Tim T, like, they'll be lined up Tebow to Tebow in there. Like, there will be, like, no room. I will, co- I will come from across the country. Do you think a lot of people are returning their sunshine jerseys to buy Tebow no, jerseys? No, absolutely not. No? No. I think you get both. Next year, Gardner Minshew is no longer with the Jacksonville Jaguars. He's a Los Angeles Raider. And he'll probably be coaching somewhere. Well, no. He, Minshew's a coach. Gardner Minshew is the heir apparent to David Carr. 
You think so? Yeah, no doubt in my mind. I think he's going to be a backup one more year. Then he's going to coach somewhere. And Tim Tebow will switch his jersey to 15. And this exact thing will happen again. Sell them all yes. over again. And then Khan is going to be like, I wonder what other number he'd like to have. <laughs> yeah, Shotgun's like, <laughs> and by the way, like Shotgun's kid owns AEW Wrestling, you know? So, like, Tim Tebow will be a professional wrestler at some point. There will be a wrestling character who is, like, of low moral fiber. Uh-huh. And Tim Tebow will come in yeah. with, like, here comes Trinity Tim. Yeah. No, but <laughs> it'll be a big reveal. It'll be, um, I don't know what the Jacksonville Jaguars mascot is, whatever it is, the, the Jaguar. Yeah. And it, he'll come out and, like, interfere in a match. And then when he takes off the mascot head, it's revealed to be Tim Tebow. The father, Tim Tebow. And then he's there to just, like, like just wash away the sins of everyone in pro wrestling. I'm the biggest fan of this. Yeah. I'm in. Good for Tim Tebow. Good for Urban Meyer. Good for Jacksonville. Good for me because I've been telling everyone for years, the Jacksonville Jaguars are my team. And they have my two favorite players. Three now. They have my three favorite players, the yeah. father, the son, and the Holy <laughs> Ghost. That is Tim Tebow. Had a lot of fun with that one. Oh, one more break before the top of the hour. When we come back, I don't know, NBA. Dave and Buster's presents ABQ Central live from Fox Run Golf Course here in Gallup, New Mexico. We're on the road with Chisholm Trail RV, and we're powered by New Mexico Pinion Coffee. If you're going to connect with us, you're going to connect with us on the Graphic Connection Hotline, 505-246-0610, FM, AM 610, the sports animal. Back live. You think it's 60 degrees out here? I would say a sprinkle over 60 with the wind, it feels like 58. The wind chill is an actual chill. It was supposed to be warmer today, as you can tell by my shorts and short sleeve shirt. Okay, so according to, I have an app because okay. I'm not a weatherman. Sure. 62 degrees. And we're sitting in the shade. In the shade. And it's windy. And it's windy. Keep that in mind, listener. <laughs> you ever had more champagne problems in life? Yeah, right. Than what we currently have. We're on the radio, yeah. on the internet, on the app. Helping. Thank you. Helping kids <laughs> at a golf course. Being fed burritos and muffins and coffee. Making fun of the second coming of Jesus Christ that is Tim Tebow. And here we are complaining. Look at us. Los Angeles Lakers beat the Warriors earlier this week, and when they beat them, they decided to take the night off. And by they, I mean LeBron James went to a party with Drake, freaking Drake, right before the NBA playoffs started. Well, I mean, technically he was already in one if you count those as the playoffs or the play-ins or I don't know what you call them. And not going to lie, Fred, I like it. I like it. <laughs> I like the play-in tournament, my friend. I'm was, into it. It was super exciting. I like it. It was super exciting. I loved it so much. I now I think baseball should adapt it. I think well, baseball should. They do. Add, they already have it. Add, well, no, that's just a one-game play-in. That's what this was. No, but I like the the add two extra teams and have the bottom four and two get in. You know, who doesn't like it. Golden State Warriors. And the National Basketball <laughs> Association because they don't get Steph Curry in the playoffs. Hey, you know what they get to do? Build a brand-new star. They play their cards right in that John Morant. I know he's a stud point guard, and if you like the NBA, you already know. 
But if you're, well, literally anyone else, you have no clue. Yeah, casual basketball fan probably doesn't know how good this kid actually is. That's the, that's the you said it perfect. Because you know he's there. You know he goes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know he goes for 35 last night as he beats Steph Curry. Or what was it, 14 to 25 shooting or 15 to 25 shooting? Kid's unreal. Very good. Good supporting cast. Mm-hmm. And he didn't even need help from the refs. They did it on their own. Got a unique look, too. How about that? I like guys with a cool, like, um, silhouette. Aesthetic. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Steph Curley crapped the bed, though, didn't he? Well, 39 is nothing to bat an eye at. But he didn't crap the bed all year. Led the league in scoring. Carried that team on his back. Deserved some very high MVP votes. Mm-hmm. LeBron James really wanted that tequila, though. He goes to this tequila event last night. And, like, people at the event, like like I said, Drake's at the event. Um, I mean, if you have LeBron and Drake, whoever else is there, it doesn't really matter. You know what? I I think it was pretty appropriate that he went to that event. Yeah. It had, you know, it had Drake. Yes. It had the second best basketball player of all time, LeBron James. Okay, that's making and it. Had the second best Michael Jordan of all time, Michael B. Jordan. Michael B. Jordan was there, okay. yes. So they go to this event for the what? I guess maybe LeBron owns some of this tequila company, or yeah. maybe Michael B. Jordan does. I don't know. And they said at the party, "Hey, uh, you got to show us your Vax card, or you got to show us your negative test." And the NBA said, "We don't care. That's not good enough, LeBron." It's the playoffs, man. Playoffs. So, the NBA says they reached out to the Lakers. It'll be handled internally. That means nothing will be done. Nothing will happen to LeBron James. Literally nothing. Nothing will happen to LeBron James. By the way, the tequila is called Lobo's 1707. I'll try it. So, you know, woof, woof, woof. I'll try it. They're not going to make lebron james sit out a game or two games or no. whatever the protocol is 10 weeks or whatever. you can't do that here's what they do they'll be like uh we tested him multiple times with multiple rapid tests and um big surprise he's perfectly healthy even if he tests positive they're letting him on the court <laughs> he's the justin turner yeah they don't care they don't care at all they're putting him out there no matter what <sighs> by the way first time in nba history a seven seed is favored over a number two that's exciting. Is that a fact? That is a fact. They can't be favored, favored. The number seven Los Angeles Lakers are favored by Vegas. You don't believe me? Ask Vital. He knows Vital, everything. is that true? That can't be true, Vital. What? The Suns are very good. That Booker kid is very good. If this, if Aiton, White Aiton is very good, Chris Paul is very right. good. Uh, go right but now. But the Suns are not as good as a healthy Anthony Davis and LeBron James. <sighs> you go. Whether you, LeBron mm-hmm. James got COVID from Drake or not, who knows? You go right now to the sports book, and you put all, all the money on the Suns. If the Lakers are favored, you go right now and you put all the money on the Suns, and you say, "Yes, I would like to win big." Because there's no way. I put money on the Lakers. I would not. If the injury report checks out and LeBron James and Anthony Davis are healthy, I'm betting the farm that I don't have. 
on the Los Angeles Lakers. I don't know why you're sleeping on the Suns. I'm not. They're a very good basketball team. I'm insanely surprised by this development that you just told me. How often is Vegas wrong? You think this is the one? You think this is the one that Vegas is going to get it wrong? They're never wrong. They're never wrong. Like, they're not just like... If LeBron James is healthy enough to, to go drink tequila with Drake and Michael B. Jordan, he's healthy enough to beat the Suns. I thought Drake was a, t- a Toronto Raptors fan. What's up with that? Bandwagon yeah, Laker fan? Well, I mean, he, he's also a fan of being in the spotlight. And who's a, got a yeah. bigger spotlight on him than LeBron James? He's sitting in Jack Nicholson's old seat. Mm, okay. I don't hate that analogy. The Raptors don't win a championship without Drake. Fair. Yeah. Fair. The Lakers win lots of championships without Drake. Well, Lakers have everyone else in the world in the rap game. They don't need Drake. They don't need Drake. They got Dre. They got Kendrick. They got Eminem. You familiar with Snoop? Snoop, D-O-double, Jizzy. Lil John. And I, Beastie Boys. They got Lil John. They got Normal Size John. Yeah. <laughs> big John. Yeah, Big John. Yeah. John Little. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. John Snow. He's more of an archery fan, I think. Yeah. That's, yeah. I think the world's going to, and by world, I mean NBA fan, you already know. I know. Don't call the show. Regular listener. Like, oh, I turned the NBA under in the playoffs. Ja Morant. Check him out. Check him out. Put some time into it. The rest the, of that, the, the rest NBA of that is super bummed that they don't have Steph Curry and Zion Williamson. Yes. I, I, I feel, and there's no factual basis to this whatsoever, no. Fred. Oh, but you I, don't say. I, I feel that they expanded the playoffs just to get Zion in it. Just so he has a chance at a one-game playoff. They didn't expect to have LeBron James and Steph Curry possibly miss the playoffs. It was as good of a week for basketball, though, that the NBA has had all season. Sure. Yeah. I tuned in. You tuned in. I was in. You know what I'm not going to be tuned in for? The first round of the NBA playoffs. No, not at all. (laughs) Until, Until there's a game five. And, like, the purest in me is, like, I recognize how good the Utah Jazz are. Like, I, I know that's very good basketball. Yeah. Yeah, they're going to go out there. They're going to score a lot of points. Absolutely. And they're going to stomp Memphis. They're going to put the Grizzlies in a grave. Oh, unless old little Ja Morant steps his game up. Takes ja over Morant, the, series. the new star of the NBA. Rising star. He's the new star of the NBA. Him and uh, Devin Booker. Why is the star? Yeah. Yeah. Like Phoenix Suns hat, I don't care about you. Because I don't care about the Phoenix Suns. I care about players. I care about Booker. I don't care about the Grizzlies. I don't, unless Justin Timberlake is at the game. He'll be at all the games. Yeah. LeBron James will not be punished for doing whatever he wants, and that's basically the definition of his life. And I feel bad for Chris Paul. Poor guy. He never got a ship, and now he's got to face the Lakers in the first oh, round. And arguably, arguably the best team he's ever been on. 
Chris Paul makes everything better. Final hour of the program coming up after this. Today's varsity, the varsity of terrible music artist. I, I, I don't Save know if that it. was in my ear or over the air, but Millie Vanilli is not going to make the list. <laughs> David Busters presents ABQ Central live from Fox Run Golf Course in beautiful and historic Gallup, New Mexico. We're on the road with Chisholm Trail RV. We're powered by New Mexico Pinion Coffee. If you're going to connect with us, connect with us on the Graphic Connection Hotline, 505-246-0610. 95.9 FM, AM 610, the sports animal. Back at it live in Box Run Golf Course in beautiful and historic Gallup, New Mexico. We were second late coming back from the break because there was a line for the coffee. Yeah. Popular drink, if you didn't know that. It's a windy day. It's a windy day. There's a God, we've seen a lot of people come through thus far, huh? Yeah. Uh, I would say at least 25 teams worth. Yeah, we were helping Big Brothers Big Sisters with their golf scramble to, well, really just fund this whole operation. I mean, that's what it is. And 50 teams over the course of these two days here at Fox Run and Gallup. And obviously most of the money raised here is going to go to help individuals in the mountain regions of Big Brothers Big Sisters, including Gallup, including Santa Fe, including Taos and others so it's a fun reach here cool thing that they're doing all right i'm gonna give you a name okay okay hit me give you a name jose godoy i'm sorry what jose okay godoy i feel like you're making that up is that a real name okay you ready okay we're gonna do it Aaron Rodgers style, okay? This player is the 20,000th Major League Baseball player to ever play professionally. Who is Jose Godoy? That is correct. Jose Godoy debuted for the Seattle Mariners earlier this week, and he became the 20,000th player in Major League Baseball history. This dates all the way back to 1874, Van. That's a big deal. That's a big deal. That is a big deal. Now, as far as his debut in the anticipation, uh, I'm going to say very little to none. I didn't know who he was. I'm the, I'm the biggest baseball dork on earth, and I didn't know who Jose Godoy was. I believe he's available in your fantasy league. How about that? So I thought it might be fun to go back and talk about, like, uh, just some real famous debuts, some highly anticipated ones, but maybe also some personal favorites if you have them, okay? So okay. I found a list here, and I thought it would be fun to break through. Going back two years, the hype train on Vladimir Guerrero Jr., that's a big one. That was a big one. That's probably the biggest one in the last few years. Yeah. And also, like, the debut itself is huge. The payoff has been even bigger for Toronto. So that, to me, was a, like, a can't-miss kind of, like, big polarizing one. I got two. Okay. And I'll, I'll unload them both on you. Here. Go. The two Washington Nationals' first uh, overall picks. Okay, these are both good. Back-to-back. Yeah. Bryce Harper and Steven Strasburg. Mm-hmm. For me, except for Guerrero Jr. and Acuna Jr., who also these have, are the two biggest yeah. in the last decade, and right. they're both on the same team, back-to-back years. 
The Bryce Harper one is the biggest one, in my opinion, period. Um, Bryce Harper was on Sports Illustrated at 16 years old as, you know, the Mormon kid living in Vegas. Le- LeBron James of baseball. Yeah. Hyped up teenager yeah. on all the covers, all the interviews. They showed his high school games on television. It's a big deal. He could hit the ball 425 feet like his sophomore year of high school. With a wooden bat. With a, yeah, that's yeah. the thing. And and he played high school throughout with the wooden bat, which you know you don't have to. You could play. Everything's composite now. Everything's two-tier, whatever, whatever. The Strasburg one was interesting, too, because he was supposed to be the phenom of all phenoms. And he got to, like, a really high tier. He's excellent. He's excellent. He's excellent. He didn't do the hype. He wasn't Nolan Ryan. Right. He When he's healthy and he's on, like, as you saw at the end of the, the 2019 year, throughout the 2019 playoffs, if Strasburg is healthy, he's he's filthy. But he's been battling injuries his whole career. So we don't know the type of career-long numbers he's going to have. But the talent and the hype are obviously there, and his debut is obviously a huge deal. I really like this one. Um, I like guys who do it, like, in a unique way. This Otani kid for the Angels. That was going to be my next one. Thanks thanks a lot, Fred. No, run with it then. No, go ahead, please. Everyone's the next Babe Ruth when they're a pitcher who can hit a little bit. Sure. Otani is actually the next Babe Ruth. He's currently Babe Ruth. He's currently doing it. Yes. He's hitting home runs at a Ruthian clip, and he's pitching better than Ruthian numbers. Now he is. And it took him a minute, though. Because, like, that debut was so uh, hyped. Yes. And it didn't pay off, like, the way you thought. Although, if I recall, he did, like, crack a dinger. It did at first. Yeah. Yeah, did at first. So he obviously battled a little bit of injuries, but that was a big one. Yeah, another guy, another superstar battling injuries. Like, we're finally seeing Mm -hmm. what Shohei Otani can be when he's not injured and it's so much fun to watch uh dice k moxizuma okay am i saying that correctly you also stole my next one thank okay, you okay go much. you go then okay i was gonna ask you yeah what do you think when you hear the word gyro ball that was one yeah because it had come over and i don't really even know what it is some sort of c curve or some sort of change yeah, spin it and the ball spins and it confuses the batter the ball doesn't move at all, but it has a spin that you think it's going to go one way or the other, depending if you're left-handed or right-handed, and it goes completely straight. It's like a fast change-up. It's a weird pitch. He didn't end up being anything. He had a couple decent years, but not, not anywhere close to the hype. The hype on him was I think it cost the Red Sox like a million bucks to even like call him on the phone, right? Sure. Like they bought him yeah. from like yeah, they bought him from like the I don't know whatever Japanese island river dragons and then they were like, "Hey, now here's your million dollars. Now we got him." Uh well, you talked Bryce Harper. A role as Chapman when he came up with the Reds. I was uh still living in St. Louis. I was doing talk radio in St. Louis, and it was all it was all the noise cuz he was supposed to be able to throw like 110. Sure. Now, obviously no one throws 110. He threw 110. 105 and a half. Right. In his major league debut, he hit um, like 104 realistically, like a real yeah. number. And people were like, well, this will last forever. Well, here's the thing. <laughs> that can't last forever. You can't. Be, but that one was a big hype one to me. And he's still throwing over 100. He's unreal. Yeah. He's unfreaking real.
Okay, it's not exactly a debut. Okay. But the first few games, Fernando Mania. Oh, yes. It wasn't exactly a hyped-up debut. No. They knew he was going to be good. They had no idea how good he was mm-hmm. going to be. So that took over the world. God, what year would that have been? 80? In, in exactly 80. Was it 80? Yeah. Ichiro Suzuki. That's big. That's a big one. Because he had done it for like eight years, I think, before that over in Japan. Or, the best player there every year. Yeah. He's been the best player in baseball. Well, he was the best player in baseball every year that he played professionally, even if it wasn't in the major leagues. Uh, Barry, Barry Bonds might argue with that a little bit. Can I take you all the way back to 1996? Please do. Andrew Jones with the Braves was like 19 years old. He's supposed to hit 100 homers every year. Yeah. And he was, and if you remember, he was being protected by uh, Chipper Jones. And the idea was like, like he's going to get pitches. He's got the raw talent. He's supposed to do the thing. I thought that one was very hyped. First overall draft pick, Alex Rodriguez. Alex Rodriguez is a big one. Big one. How about another Mariner? If your dad's in yeah. the Hall of Fame, yeah. you're probably going to be pretty good. Everyone knew that King Griffey Jr. was going to be one of the greats, and he delivered. King Griffey Jr. made the game so very sexy in his playing career, too. His pants were a little bit tighter. His hat was on backwards. Like, he... Um, that little little strut yeah, after he connected with a home run. The little it wiggle. It wasn't like a aggressive bat flip. No. He didn't stare the pitcher down. It wasn't that offensive, but that... One, two, three, four, strut before he started running off the bases, and that's mm, so good. The little wiggle in the box. Um, I do have the best one, though, right here. Are you okay. ready? September 2nd, 1986. And this guy knew baseball, okay? This guy knew football. This is good. Excellent. I know where you're going with this one, and I love it. Bo Jackson making his debut for the Royals in 1986 was the hype. Yeah. Yeah. And to show up and just do it so incredibly well, who I might argue would have done it at like an all-star slash all-time great level if it wasn't for the health stuff. 100%. And, I mean, obviously this is gigantic speculation. Sure. He could have been the greatest baseball and football player if that hip wouldn't jumped out of place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can you imagine showing up with all the hype in the world and the first guy you got to ever face, although at the tail end of his career at the time, Steve Carlton. Uh-huh. Like, uh-huh. Bo, ja- Bo Jackson laces one off of him. Um, those are my big ones. I, so I, I, was, I was present for one. Oh. Yeah. I mean, I've seen so many baseball games. I've seen a lot of MLB debuts in person. Yeah. But one who's on a Hall of Fame trajectory, and I get to say that I was there for his debut, is one heterochromatic Mad Max Scherzer. I was there for his debut in Phoenix. He came up with the Diamondbacks. St. Louis native. And uh, he struck out the side. Yeah. Yeah. I I watched on television the debut of Clayton Kershaw, who debuted against the Cardinals for the Dodgers. And there was a ton of hype at that time. Sure. he was. I think he was wearing 55 or like a weird number at the time or whatever. But he came up and was as expected early, which was very exciting about him. Uh, the only one I've seen live in 
person in the stadium that is of notoriety to me was a kid named Bo Hart, who used to play second base for the Cardinals. No, and you shouldn't know who he is. Nope. But the thing is, I'm sorry, we're not on television right now. I'm I'm making my what face and shaking my head side to side. Never heard of him. But the thing that's so unique about that, because oh, that's a, that is a strong golf outfit right there. That's looking good, dude. There's a there's a well, that's Rodney Dangerfield s walking past us here in Gallup. But uh, the thing about like seeing debuts in person at Major League Stadiums, and but like and I, you know that I'm that guy. Best fans of baseball, St. Louis Cardinals, blah blah blah. But there is just a 40,000 person like standing ovation for this kid walking to the plate for the very first time ever. And they make an effort like John Yulett on the PA is like um, making his debut for the St. Louis Cardinals. And you're like, okay, like those are like the coolest of memories. Um, At least that's the one I saw. And uh, if we were to put our hands down and say, Bo Jackson was great, and Bo Hart I personally enjoyed, and you liked the Matt Scherzer story. And we talked about the guys recently. Without a doubt, the greatest debut in the history of Major League Baseball, the greatest hype, April 13th, 1947, won Jackie Robinson. No one made death threats against <laughs> Bryce Harper. No, they did not. <laughs> yeah, I think Jackie Robinson will go down in history as the greatest debut in baseball history. I believe he also won. They had to create the Rookie of Year award because of Jackie Robinson, right? Like, I don't think it existed before that. That's no punchline. I think that's real. Like, I would have to, like, make sure. I would have to Google that to be sure. But I believe he's, like, the inaugural winner. Congratulations to Major League Baseball. 20,000. 20,000 players. How many could you name? I couldn't name the guy that who was the 20,000th, so at least <laughs> 19,999. <laughs> I'm having a lot of fun with it today. We're live in Gallup from Fox Run Golf Course. We're helping Big Brothers Big Sisters raise some money and some funds. A lot of people out. The energy is really good, and we are enjoying it. When we get back from the break van, more sports talk? Hey, I could do that. Dame Busters presents ABQ Central live from the talk ABQ Nowhere Not. We're live from Fox Run Golf Course in Gallup, New Mexico. We're on the road with Chisholm Trail RV. We're powered by New Mexico Pinion Coffee. And if you're connecting with us, you're connecting with us on the Graphic Connection Hotline, 505-246-0610, FM and AM 610, the sports animal. All right, Van, you want to go rookies or vets first? Dealer's choice. All right, let's go vets first, okay? So I'm going to name the player, the veteran player, and you're going to tell me what team they're on, okay? Oh, this is going to be rough. And you're going to tell me the impact they're going to have. Okay. Matthew Stafford. Okay, I know this one. Okay. Thanks for softballing one in. I got you. Uh, he is on the St. Louis Rams. That's incorrect. Oh, wait, what? St. Louis does not have a football team. Isn't that your favorite team, the St. Louis Rams? All right, this is how the rest of the day is going to go. We're <laughs> spending two straight days together here. <laughs> Matthew Stafford was traded from the t- the Detroit Tigers. That's is also that, is not that right? correct. Is that, is yep, that? Keep going. Lions to the Rams. Okay. <laughs> I think he's going to have a huge impact on that team. Yeah, I do too. Yeah, I mean, Jared Goff is a middling quarterback. I think uh, Sean McVay is a really good coach. they got a talented lineup. If, like, 
the cliche in sports, right? If they stay healthy, I think they'll be in the playoffs and they could do some damage. Moves around good behind the offensive line. He's got some talent on the outside. Matthew Stafford is an upgrade at quarterback over Jared Goff. 100%. So, therefore, I believe he's the Rams will benefit from the, ac- the acquisition. Yeah, the, uh, nothing against Goff, nothing against Darnold. If you can start on an NFL team as a quarterback – you're an amazing athlete, and you're an awesome quarterback. Mm-hmm. But I think the the Goff Darnold year, the one two year, yeah, they weren't as good as they should have been, and I don't think they should have went one two with that talent. Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, now Deshaun Jackson. Uh, that Atwell kid's not bad either. Nope. So there's a lot of tools out there. Uh, he will benefit the Rams. All right, here's your player. You ready? Still going with vets? Hit me. Carson Wentz. Okay. Eagles to the Colts. All right. And I think he's going to have as big an impact as any quarterback who moves. Because I think Carson Wentz is very talented. And the Eagles went downhill very fast after their Super Bowl year. I think the stars just aligned perfectly for the Eagles. And then they went downhill very fast. I don't think Doug Peterson's the genius people say he is. I agree. I think the real genius is Wentz's current coach for the Colts. And they're going to have a good offensive line, a good defense, a good running game, and Carson Wentz will have a very good year. Yeah, Wright can do some stuff. I don't know if you're necessarily going to get the resurgence of Reggie Wayne, Marvin Harrison with uh, Pittman Jr. and Hilton. That's but, not their game. Though. No, it's not their game. Yeah. But they're going they're going to be able to catch balls um, downfield because Carson Wentz can wing it. Um, I also like you know I'm a big Philip Rivers guy. I've always been a figure, sure. but he's just not a winner. No, no, he don't. He, this again, upgrade, upgrade, another upgrade for the Colts. Yeah. All right, Jared Goff, uh, completely average, middling. If if you have a super talented team around him, I think he won't hurt you. But I don't see him being a superstar that makes a big kind of plays that take your takes your team to the next level. There's not enough talent around him either in Detroit. No. It's it's gonna be rough for him. He's thrown like thirty picks in like the last two years. Um, doesn't go downfield enough. Like has to be in like in my opinion, like a really so, good sorry to jump in here, Fred, yeah. but we just had a big gust of wind come by. And I think one of the golfers close to us is wearing a aggressive amount of icy hot. Can you smell that? Yeah, I thought that was draw noir. <laughs> is that it was, yeah. No, that that my friend, that is icy hot. Yeah, we did cut a guy who has horrible joints knows what icy <laughs> hot smells like. Not enough talent, I no. think, in Detroit. That's agree. Uh, yeah, Detroit's gonna struggle with their quarterback situation because Jerigoff needs too much rhythm he needs too much routine and there's not enough stability up there to give it to him i agree um my favorite football player that's not named gardner Minshew, ryan fitzpatrick you love the guy love how can you not cheer for that guy he's simply the best i hope he has like a a bartolo cologne-esque career where he plays for every team in the friggin' league <laughs> and like throws a touchdown for every team in the league throughout his career I hope he plays two or three games this year before they give the job to the young guy. Throws a couple more touchdowns, has a couple good games, has a couple. My favorite part of Ryan Fitzpatrick is post-game interviews. Right. Kills it. Too good. Too good. 
wide receivers uh, to me are not the highest caliber as far as um, talent in wide receiving cores in Washington. Uh, but scary Terry, touchdown Terry. Yeah, Terry, Terry McLaurin. Big drop off. That there. defense is really strong. That's yeah, but the defense is not catching passes from old Ryan Fitzpatrick. Hey, but anyone can run a skinny post, right? Anyone. Samuel Darnold. Okay. Goffian. Yeah. Like him and Goff, game managers, not gonna not gonna do the things that your team needs to do to get to the next level. I don't think he's as bad as he was when he was in New York. The difference I see between him and Goff is I don't think Goff will get better, and I think that Darnold could. Darnold's more yeah. of an athlete. I agree with Darnold being more of an athlete. Yeah. Athleticism. Put him I, in the right scheme. Yes. Also, I, I really like Robbie Anderson. I agree completely. And he's got awesome weapons. DJ Moore. You got Christian McCaffrey. You got a good defense. Mm-hmm. You got a better than average offensive line. I think Darnold's going to take a big step forward. But again, just like Goff, I don't think he's like a game changer. I think he's going to do the things that won't hurt you. Andrew Dalton. Okay. From one ginger to another, I'm cheering for you, brother. But I don't think you got what it takes. He's not going to play. It's got to go to Justin Fields. Man, if they're smart, if the Bears are smart, they will let Fields be an understudy, study the game, catch up with the speed, and then play later. You take The Bears need to take this season off, keep building pieces around Fields, and then let Fields take the keys of the Porsche next year, or at least the end of the year this year. These are the vets that I thought were important. These are the rookies that might play early. Do you think that Trevor Lawrence will beat out Tim Tebow for the starting quarterback job in Jacksonville? <laughs> I think he's got as good a shot as anybody, Fred. <laughs> yeah, Sunshine is very good. It's going to do um, so good. You just mentioned Fields. I think in, in, in crazy van world, I think Fields has the highest uh, ceiling of any quarterback in this draft because of his speed and his playmaking ability. I mean, he's got a, a big a cannon as anybody in the league, and he can run a 4-3-40. But as far as floors go, Trevor Lawrence is everything you want out of an NFL quarterback, and he's going to be a competent NFL quarterback right out of the gate. Zach Wilson. I think Zach Wilson's very good as well. I don't see him like having a huge ceiling, but I could be wrong. Uh, there's, a, there's a big problem. His mother. <laughs> oh, oh, ouch. You follow her on social media. I do not. She's she's the absolute worst. Oh, she's no. She's the ultimate Karen. She fights with everyone. She screams at Disneyland employees for making her wear a mask. She is the exact opposite thing you want if you're a quarterback in New yeah. York City. She's oh, horrible. Man. She's horrible. Okay, I had no idea. That's why I'm telling you right now. All right, well, I'm cheering for the guy. Maybe he doesn't have to go home anymore. <laughs> She's just just <laughs> holidays now. <laughs> Trey Lance. See, that's he's the biggest wild card to me. He shouldn't have been number three overall. I, I think he's wildly talented. He's fast. He's smart. He's got a cannon. He makes hard throws. Didn't play well, the toughest of all schedules, though. He played. See, that's the thing, right? He didn't have the toughest you, schedule. And he didn't that. have the the biggest competition either, playing in Division Two. He's not going to play over Jimmy Garoppolo next year. Yeah, I mean, oh. that's the perfect situation for success, right? You got a good coach, you got a good organization, you got a good roster, and you got a good quarterback ahead of you that you can learn from, you could take your time with. 
We already talked about Justin Fields. So that kind of just leaves Mac Jones. Back then they didn't want me. Now they're hot. They all on me. I, I believe that is correct. Okay. <laughs> uh, I mean, the Patriot way, right? He's going to get all the support he needs. <sighs> the he doesn't need, they don't, they don't need him to come in and start games immediately. Uh, he'll be able to take his time and, and study under Hoyer and Stidham. And I'm assuming Cam Newton's going to get the keys of the Porsche to start the year, see how that works out. So he's not forced to do that. So I think he's also in a position to be successful. Well, Cam Newton has a history of wrecking what he's driving. and Well, poor Cam didn't have any help last year. No, he absolutely did not. They, but got, him, they got him two new wide receivers and two new excellent tight ends. The thing that's going to do so well for Mac Jones is you don't want to be the guy that replaces the superstar. Like you don't want to be the, you don't want to be the shortstop after Derek Jeter. Right. No. So you got the buffer zone of you Cam. You have Newton. the buffer of Cam. Yeah. That's why you're going to be okay cuz you're not being compared to Tom Brady. You're being compared to how much better you are than Cam. Like okay, besides Favre and Rodgers, besides Montana and Young. Yeah. When has this worked historically? where you just get back-to-back superstars. You just hit the lotto twice. Uh, Kurt Warner to Mark Bulger. Okay, get out. Kurt Warner to Eli Manning. Okay. Kurt Warner to Matt Liner. Yeah, okay. You- <laughs> these are real. These are real things that happened. Tim Tebow to Chris Sims. <laughs> Trevor Lawrence to Tim Tebow in week two. Yes. Of everyone we just named, the biggest impact is going to be Matthew Stafford. Agree. No, Carson Wentz. Um, Agreed. I think like 50-50. Yeah. Yeah, they're both going to have an impact. But I think the Colts will be better long run because they got a better team around them. So it's Jacksonville Jaguars quarterback Trevor Lawrence. Or fourth string quarterback and tight end Tim Tebow. Yeah, could very well Will be. have the biggest impact. Because he can play outside linebacker. He can play special teams. He's going to kick it. Yeah, he could blitz as H a safety. back Yeah. Yeah, he'll, he can probably – I see Tim Tebow throwing and catching a touchdown this year. Oh, he, he heck runs, yes. He runs around the starting tight end and just throws it up in the air mm-hmm. and then runs around and catches it in front of the tight end. Yeah. Yeah. And the Jacksonville – Which Jagu- counts as 14 points it does. at once. If you throw it and catch it. And the Jaguars, uh, like, public address, like the media production at the stadium is playing Benny Hill music the whole time. <laughs> and all 11 defensive players are just chasing only Tim Tebow around. That's fair. I see it happening. I'm a believer. One more sports, and then we're doing today's varsity. Today's varsity, you'll hear at the end of the program, uh, what was it? Varsity of talented entertain? Wait, No. The worst musicians. Worst musicians. I don't think that's how you worded it, but that's the gist I that's, got. Yeah, that's what I got, too. Dame Busters presents ABQ Central live from Fox Run Golf Course in beautiful and historic Gallup, New Mexico. We're on the road with Chisholm Trail RV as we help Big Brothers Big Sisters out today. We're fueled by New Mexico Pinon Coffee. And if you're going to connect with us, you're going to connect with us in the Graphic Connection Hotline, 505-246-0610. 95.9 and AM 610. The Sports Animal. Back at it, having a lot of fun while we're doing it. We're live in Gallup, New Mexico. Hanging out with Big Brothers Big Sister today, helping them with the golf scramble. We're actually going to work after the broadcast, too. Like, like we're going to get out. 
Yeah, we just don't get to sit around no. and drink coffee and eat muffins. No. They're going to put us to work after this. So we will be it, – it'll be – and it's little things, too. It's like we're going to we're gonna go pick up, like, the sponsor signs, and we're going to refill the coolers, and we're going to – I don't know, take photos of individuals in, in fellowship. Van. You going to play we're golf f- at all? Yeah. We're, we're yeah. playing tomorrow. We're playing tomorrow. Oh. So I don't know how to describe wind. Like, what? what is some good verbs for wind? Windy. Brisk. Yeah, wind. Brisk. <laughs> That's weird that all the words for wind are ladies' names. Windy and Gale. That's very good. Yeah. Gale can also be a, a, a guy's name. I don't know any guy Wendy, though. You think of a guy Wendy? No, but I can't think of a guy probably Gale. Some, probably like a really fast Gale guy. Gale Sayers? Is that the only one? Uh, Gale from Breaking Bad. What is that? A little meth. I think there was a boy named Sue one time. A guy named Wendy. No, I don't think I could come up with that. Because even... I'll, I'll consult the Googs. There's probably some guy with a nickname, Wendy, who's, like, really fast. Okay, there we go. Maybe it would have to be British if a dude was named Wendy, right? It would have okay, to- his name was Wendy City. That doesn't count. No, that doesn't. And is it W-E or W-I? W-I. I'm looking under W-I because I don't think there's any male Wendy with W-E. No, I would think no. There's literally zero. Yeah, it's not a, it's not a boy's name. Like, there's some Ashleys. There's some Lindsay's. Sure. But there's a hint, like. There's no men named Wendy in the history of the world. No, I don't believe there is. All right, hipsters. You hear that? <laughs> Name your kid Wendy. <laughs> and Sarah. I don't feel like Sarah is a boy's name. Like my sister's a, name. There's a handful. Shout out to my sister, Sarah. The wind now is picked up here in Gallup in a way, and we're only like 25 minutes remaining in the program, so I hope it doesn't blister your ears too poorly where it's pulling tablecloths off of everything in existence yeah people are holding everything down literally the volunteers here from big brothers big sisters are holding down this tournament they're tremendous and half of them are literally holding items down albert pulls hit a home run for the los angeles dodgers this week Depending if you're left-handed or right-handed, depending on what hole you're on, the wind can seriously help a slice today. If you're a bad slicer and you're going north by northwest, I think your slice is very good. And often golf courses have like a sand element to them. Sure. Little sandy boy. So Albert Pools hits... His very first home run is a Los Angeles Dodger. So I'm going to give you some numbers here. You ready? Okay. He had 445 home runs as a St. Louis Cardinal. That's pretty good. 222 home runs as a Los Angeles Angel. Hey, that's pretty good, too. He's got one dingy boy as a Los Angeles Dodger. A little sloppy seconds across the city. At allegedly 41 years, the oldest Dodger player with a home run since, I'll let you take a guess, Manny Ramirez. Oh, Ricky Henderson. Ricky Henderson. Oh, Ricky, of course it was old Ricky. Ricky Ricky in 03 at 44 years old cracked the dinger. 44? Yeah. Well, I mean, if 
Albert Pujols gave us his real age, he'd probably be the oldest Dodger to hit a home run. <laughs> the oldest player in the history of the game. He's probably, what, 45, 46, you think? He's at least 43. I it, see those I see those uh, smile lines. Yeah, that's what you have. I know smile crow's lines. Feet. I know crow's feet. I know crow's feet of a man who's four years older than me. That was Albert Pujols' 3,256 hit. That's a lot. That places him at 12th all time. That's pretty good. Isn't that crazy? Man. Isn't that crazy? Were you surprised when you took the, the spot with the Dodgers? That one I didn't see coming. Yeah, I didn't. that one didn't make sense to me because they have a first baseman and they have extra bats for when you need a DH. But they're not hitting. Yeah, they're not hitting. I mean, honestly, I thought it was a, a veteran move, like a locker room guy move, a guy who's been there before Back move. to the postseason. Yeah, totally. But here we go, genius-ass Dodgers getting another team's sloppy seconds and turning him into a hero. <laughs> he's, play, he's already playing better defense, hit a home run. And it's like, these friggin' Dodgers, how do they do it again? And if you're Mike Trout, here's the thing. You're a marquee player in baseball, and he doesn't even hardly sniff the playoffs at all. What, what was the last time, 2014? I mean, come on. You're, you're one of your best players. Nobody really sees him in the postseason. Yeah, it's sad for Trout, isn't it? I mean, hardcore baseball fan knows everything about Mike Trout. And he's injured again. Again, he's usually pretty healthy. I don't know if again is the the right adjective to attach to um He's, he's been on the Mike shelf. That, that's a lot of money they gave him. Man. Oh, he's worth every penny throughout the, the end of his career. I mean, if he becomes more injury prone, which he's been super consistent, super healthy. Everybody gets hurt every once in a while, right? But well, and speaking Mike, of Mike Trout, like you gotta pay. He's gotta be the top paid player. He's been the best player on the planet for eight years in a row. Yeah, and you do gotta you gotta pay guys in Major League Baseball for what they've done, not what they will do. Like Correct. there's a there's a couple like different examples. Like the Acuna Junior kid kind of got a lot of money early, but that's gonna end up looking like a brilliant deal. It's gonna look peanuts here in a few years. Yeah. Uh, the Dodgers are playing the Diamondbacks, and that's who Albert pulls uh, homered against. Uh, coming back from injury, though, Josh Reddick for the Diamondbacks. Did you see Josh Reddick's at bat? That was hilarious. Kind of run, run that down for Vital. I know he missed it. Vital, you might actually have a clip loaded up, but um, Josh Reddick, formerly of the Houston Astros, and he got a ring, an asterisk ring, in 2017 with the Astros. Against... The Los Angeles Dodgers. Right. And he was visiting the Los Angeles Dodgers. And in between his first and second swing at he had bat, hit a foul ball, threw a new ball in the play, and the organist played what, Fred? <laughs> well, I don't have it, Van. What was it? ABBA's. I saw the sign. But on Ace Oregon. Of Ace of Bates. Oh, it was Ace of Bates? Ace of Bates. That's right. So That's the, Ace of the Bates. new ABBA. Yeah. The new ABBA. <laughs> Ace of bases, the sign, while they're waiting to get a new ball in the play. Because he was a known cheater. Actually, Fred, little no, known okay. fact. Here we go again. As an Astros fan, I've, <laughs> I've looked at the data. I've looked at the data. No, you have not. And I believe some of the players who have spoken out, and there's two Astro players who did not cheat, and that would be one Jose Altuve. Nope. cheater. And one Josh Reddick. Also cheated. 
Those two did not cheat. Everyone else on the the whole roster did. Josh Reddick's battling such injury. I think he's playing for league minimum for the Diamondbacks right now. Yeah, he didn't get a big contract. I, I think it's $750,000. Yeah. But he's made enough throughout his career. That 52 mil deal that he signed after the, uh, his time with the A's whenever he went to Houston, that was the one that set him up, obviously, forever. But if he comes back from injury, because uh, I think he just has a little one-year deal with the Diamondbacks, uh, he will be highly touted if healthy. 100%. Like, he's he's not a superstar anymore, but he could be a fourth outfielder for any team in baseball. Our Pulse is not a superstar anymore, but he's going to end up being, like, that crucial piece that gets the Dodgers their championship. Wouldn't that be amazing yeah. if he just goes on fire? He just needed to get out of – get off the Angels roster. It's very realistic to me um, to see the Dodgers take on the Chicago White Sox in the World Series, and I get to watch Albert Pulse versus Tony La Russa, and I'm the happiest boy in the entire world. Does La Russa have enough name recognition to not get fired if he keeps doing stupid yeah, stuff? Yeah, he absolutely does. Here's the dumbest thing about Tony La Russa. He got mad at your mean Mercedes for dropping a bomb in a blowout game mm -hmm. off of a position player yeah. who he's friends with because the young guy who didn't grow up in this culture didn't know the unwritten rules. Two weeks ago, Tony La Russa didn't know the actual rules of the game. You're talking about the extra inning runner. Yes. I'm going to be honest. I don't know if I necessarily know it. He's – is he demented? Like, is he on his way out, like, mentally? Is he checking out? You think he's cashing out? That's a really good question. Because long in the tooth is a fair way to describe Tony LaRusso. Sure. Uh, no, he's got to be a sane mind, right? Like – Oh, the game has passed him by. Has it passed him by? Because they're winning. Well, they're, they're not winning, winning because of Tony LaRusso. That's a good point. He's made a bunch of stupid roster well, decisions and pitching decisions, and yeah. he botched that one game. I think, now he's getting the locker room to turn on him, and they're still winning despite him. I don't know if this is correct, but I believe one of the signs of dementia is whenever you like live through like nostalgic memories, and that's like maybe going back to your first job. Yeah, okay. And that's exactly. He thinks it's 1989. Yeah, so he's he's, he's going to win his first ring. 79. So that's when he was with the White well, Sox the first time. Well, yeah. So, so yeah, he's gone all the way back. Yeah, the uh, the White Sox owner Reinsdorf just loves him, so I don't know. Yeah, he, he I don't know. did yeah, years a, ago, and then he, Reinsdorf is 130 years old too. Yeah, dinosaur. Well, here's, here's what I think: maybe Tony Larusa is a genius, and here's what Tony Larusa is doing: he's taking the spirit of Major League, and he's making his own locker room hate him to propel them and motivate them to win a championship. What was her name? Erica, what was her name in Major League? I can't remember. I can't remember either. Yeah, I don't matter. That's a that's an ongoing punchline in my life, and I'm <laughs> drawing a blank right now. Today's varsity, the varsity of, like, worst musicians ever. Okay. Dave and Buster's presents ABQ Central live from Fox Run Golf Course in beautiful and historic Gallup, New Mexico. We're on the road with Chisholm Trail RV. We're powered by New Mexico Pinion Coffee. And if you're connecting with us, you're connecting with us on the Graphic Connection Hotline, 505-246-0610, 95.9 FM and AM 610, the sports animal. We've had a lot of fun in Gallup today at Fox Run Golf Course, helping Big Brothers Big Sisters with their golf scramble. Big thank you to them for allowing us to be here. Be here. Big thank you to all the sponsors. 
that helped us donate to the auction. Big thank you to everyone participating. Big thank you to Lenny for reaching out to the program. Big thank you to Tommy, friend of the show, for reaching out to the program. Sarah Regala, Director of Development, Big Brothers Big Sisters, who sat down with us and helped us spur today's varsity, Van. Today's varsity is the varsity of just joke-ass music, okay? The worst musicians. So from the texter, okay. all right? Friend of the program, Brandon Ortega, says every member of Creed deserves to be on the list. Well, that's not very arms wide open. Yeah, it's more like eyes wide shut. Yes. So he says Creed and then Vanilla Ice. And I'm going to take Vanilla Ice off. I don't think that's a very good one. I think Vanilla Ice is actually very good. Well, Um, he has a little bit of talent. He might not have been very good. But he still had enough talent because yeah. he had like, he rapped, did a little R&B, could dance. Then he was in like a metal band. So I don't think he's that bad. Okay. And far as Creed goes, I mean, they made songs that made the Billboard list. They're very passable. Yeah, I think Eddie Vedder is really good too. So that helps Creed. Yeah, even like a diet Eddie Vedder yeah. is still pretty decent. What What's the guy's name from Creed? Is it Eddie Vedder? <laughs> Scott Stop. Who's actually, he's on Scott TikTok Stop now. Are you familiar with that? Anymore? So what? He's uh, he's making, Scott Stop, Stop. He's making this big comeback on TikTok. Have you seen this? Of course I haven't. It's like a huge I'm joke. I'm an adult. Yeah, it's a I huge joke. I don't know anything joke. about TikTok. Uh, okay, I got a list. Okay, ready to go. Taylor Swift. All right. Taylor Swift is the worst. Cannot write, cannot sing, does not perform well. Terrible entertainer. She's on my list of just awful musicians. Okay, I got a big one here. Okay. Yoko Ono. All right, that's a very good one. <laughs> okay. She just made horrible noise uh-huh. as a musician. And as a person, she broke up the friggin' Beatles. Yeah. Let me tell you how bad Yoko Ono is. Okay, how bad is Yoko Ono? So, John Lennon. Yeah. Not the best dude of all time. No. But an amazing musician. Got to go on the Mike Douglas show with his absolute hero arguably the inventor of rock and roll chuck berry yes and he is so p-whipped he lets yoko ono on stage with him and she's just making weird guttural noises and smacking a tambourine and a drum out of order that's how horrible yoko ono is poor john lennon from the texter you guys are setting women back decades (laughs) Swift and Yoko, both better than Creed and Vanilla Ice. <sighs> Michael Bolton doesn't have the cred that Michael Bolton thinks he has. Michael Bolton is terrible. If I was hungover sick from a wedding reception, which, by the way, wouldn't have played Michael Bolton, and I needed to induce vomiting, I would turn on Michael Bolton. Michael That's Bolton is garbage. Fair. Okay. Fair. Okay, I'm going to go with a super popular one right Insane now. Insane Clown Posse. Okay, that's excellent. Thank you. That is excellent. I don't know how bad of musicians they are because I don't know their level of musicianship. Right. I don't know if they can play multiple instruments. Mm-mm. I don't know if they can DJ. Mm-mm. I don't know if they, they, they make the uh, electronic music. I don't know if they can 
work a MIDI or a keyboard. They make me uncomfortable. Put they on make a clown horrible show. music. Horrible yeah. music. Horrible music. How do magnets even work? Okay, now that's funny. Yeah, that's funny. I'll give it to yeah, him. Yeah, that's dude. funny. Yeah, jugglers suck. Okay, Nicki Minaj sucks. Nicki, Nicki Minaj is horrible. She's horrible. Thank God Megan the Stallion came by. I'm glad you said and one. And gave women rappers a good name. I'm glad you said one Nicki Minaj thing. is garbage. The greatest woman rapper of all time is Missy Elliott. I dare you to tell me otherwise. And Sherman Yemen to Fling Dang Demma? Thank you. Okay. Growing up, there was this, like, dissolve of alternative rock into pop rock into not even rock. Hooba Stink was a part of this. Oh, Hooba did stink. You're they correct. stank so bad. Yeah. They were all over the radio for some reason, and they were not good. Okay, I got a big one. And I like his aesthetic. I'm not going to lie. Okay. I like colorful people. Yeah. Takashi? Yeah, six sucks. nine or whatever? Super sucks. He became a multi-millionaire, a fashion icon, mm-hmm. by making songs and just going, gak, gak. Like, come on, say words. Give me some <laughs> lyrics. Oh, my God, it's horrible. Every winner of American Idol. Okay, that's, that's a good answer. <laughs> They're all the exact same. I don't know the difference between Kelly Clarkson or Justin Guarini or Daughtry or any in the last 10 years. They all suck. All right, this Clay Aiken, Clay- Taylor Hicks. Clayken. Yeah, I think that's a it's a, a contest that awards mediocrity mm-hmm. and unoriginality. Has any American Idol artist like wrote a good song? This no. might be a this might be a, a niche answer here, but do you remember the song Friday by Rebecca Black? Of course, yeah, the YouTube sensation Rebecca Black. I think it, that might be the worst song of all time. Okay, which makes her in the running for worst musician of all time. The worst musician of all time. Is that good for nothing, Toby Keith? Okay. Toby Keith sucks. Every song that Toby Keith has ever made has been off, like, patriotism and just tooting the horn. Hey, post 9-11, I wrote a bunch of songs about firefighters. Guess what? They went straight to the top. Yeah, Toby, you're right. (laughs) You should have been a cowboy. (laughs) To release us from the pain you're causing our ears, you douche. Do you want to physically fight over my opinion of Bruce Springsteen? <laughs> okay, do it. Sucks. Okay, I'm a big Bruce guy. The boss is the worst. I'm a big Bruce guy. You're wrong. You're super wrong. You there. got one more or are you good? No, I'm good. We could end on Toby Keith. Just so everyone was aware of the grading scale, I think the greatest band of all time is Weird Al Yankovic. They can play every genre. They do it perfectly. <laughs> They've been the exact same members for 35 years. If you cannot compete with Weird Al, you're not in the mix. Man, we had a lot of fun today in Galp. We had a lot of fun with Big Brothers, Big Sisters. Any final words before we let it loose? Oh, my goodness. Too much for the time allotted, my friend. Good job, everyone. GG. See you next week, Burke.